I'll tell her it is in recording. It is. You generally said it. I did. I did say that. It has been recorded. Yeah. Recorded. I'm gonna have to cut it out because we're talking too too long. We have to. We are. I have to cut it out to to start the show. Sorry. It's okay. Okay. Welcome. Hey everybody. Hey. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. This is the show. Um, uh, it's called Fuck on, It's a podcast. And fuck, it's fuck, called on fuck, kill. F- fuck on kill. Fuck on kill. That's what kill. it's called. And it's just pug. Pa- pa- fuck on kill. It's mushy. Fuck on kill. <laughs> Staring Abby mushy. It's, 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 or as Sarah would call it, FMK. FMK. Uh, yeah. Fanny Minge Cock. Which is our <laughs> new name. <laughs> this is welcome to our rebranding episode. Uh, We're yeah, doing it, guys. Uh, from now on, please refer to us as Fanny Menchcock. Um, nothing else. And nothing else, because we will be very upset. Um, we yeah, deserve so respect. If you, uh, if you don't know what this is about, because how could you know? It's an inside joke. We have a new comic <laughs> thing on our on our website. You can go check out fhkpodcast.com to see a beautiful drawing of us that, that Sarah made. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, for, for creating Did you put uh, it on the website? I did. Our wonderful friend Sarah um, drew a picture of us. It is um, based off of a picture of us at a Pride event. Um, and we're full of nothing but shame. Yeah. For ourselves. Um, for no Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, Sarah did that first. And, and first she misspelled the name of our podcast. And she said FMK on the drawing. So now we have to... Turn that into rebrand. reality. Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. It's been so it is written, so it shall be done. Yeah, exactly. Amen. There's nothing else to do. What else could we do? On the do? topic of, on the topic of praying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. No. First, tell me about your mache. What? How's How's Tinder going? Uh, I don't have Tinder. I I installed the thing you told me to install, uh, which is Grindr. called, which is called Grinder. Uh, which is called Hinge. Hinge. It's called Hinge. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, how many bitches well, you got? Um, several. I got zero bitches because I <laughs> I I I don't know any bitches. That's a very sexist term, and I would never refer to a woman <laughs> as a bitch or any other oh. terrible term. Uh, okay. unless I'm referring to a female dog, then yes, I will call it a bitch. <laughs> Uh, anyways, how's it going? How's it going? It's um, I like it more than Tinder. I'll, I'll give it that. It's um, it's got a bit more opportunity for personalizing what you're saying, and uh, yeah, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm still, you know, it's still not going very well in terms of matches or anything like that. I did have a conversation with a with a woman. Uh, and that was probably the longest conversation I've ever had with anybody through a dating app. Um, but yeah, I think she's gone now anyway. <laughs> but still, sort of a success, Oh no, what I guess. did it? What did it? What was the last message? I don't know. I just, I, we were talking about like Disney films or shit or sh- and shit. What was the last yeah. message? Um, listen to my podcast, Fanny Minchcock. <laughs> it's called Fanny Minchcock. <laughs> love to have you. <laughs> We'd love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> um 
don't know. We're, we were talking about. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you. Who cares? Uh, talking about Disney films, Disney films remakes, and then I said, I really miss going to the cinema. How have you been keeping with the lockdown and everything? And that 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 did it. I guess <gasps> it got you that, real. That made me too boring. <laughs> like right under that boring line, and then I That's rude. I went right over. Um, he seems really nice though. So, uh, generally, my thoughts of using Hinge are, um, women like wine and dogs and travel. Um, those are the three main things that women like. Um, and um. Yeah, it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> you should do um you should do you should have a I've forgotten how it works. But if you can write something in that says um like you can just write in a little quote, you should write a match for me is a match for matche. And then in brackets you can say that's that see the thing is is that that kind of rhymes because that's how you pronounce my name. And it will be also a lesson, but also they'll be like, That's kind of a funny joke. You know what I'll do? I'll I'll do that and I'll put the quote block in and then I'll put this audio snippet of you explaining why it's there in there so they can click on it and listen to you explaining it and I'm sure that's gonna work. Can you put audio blocks in him? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Do anything you want if you try hard enough. You just need to hack it. Dating The dating world's gone insane. Mm. Well, ah. You can put videos. It'll be like uh, girls have like uh, quick videos of them showing you the tongue or whatever the fuck, you know. Showing you the tongue? Yeah, like they just kind of put their tongue out, like, and they Showing make a video out of that, and you're supposed to watch it, and I don't know. Get around. Get hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, Why not? Yeah, I feel like t- I never liked dating apps. They're they're boring. You're right. For people who are just like, is it so interesting? Like we are. They're boring. Um. Yeah, but then if you put anything interesting about yourself in it, then you seem like a weirdo, so you can't do that either. So Yeah, you're like, I don't, I don't want people to see my profile and think I'm invested. I'm like, so I have to be like aloof, but you also yeah. want them to like be interested in you. Yeah, exactly. I don't, and I, I clearly don't have that balance right in any way because yeah, people just don't react to my profile at all. So, well, clearly something's wrong. Um... I don't know. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I kind of, you know, because I um I don't know. I feel like my thing is being nice. So, I don't, you know, I guess that's what I try to, you know, put there like and I I I guess all of my messages are nice messages cuz that's kind of nice. how I communicate. So, I don't know. Maybe that's not a good way to go about it, but I kind of feel like that's the thing I don't want to sacrifice. Yeah, no, that's the the that you shouldn't sacrifice um, the person that you are. Even though you could just create a whole new person for the heck of it, um, I don't think that's the move. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So anyway, that's how it's going. So yeah, that that lady we matched like really early, like right after I did, like I created the profile. And we were talking for a few days. And yeah, since then, pretty much nothing. Yeah, I found... So the thing, I think the thing about Hinge is that the intentions of it are super good. But... And I used it really minimally. 
I don't know what it was. I didn't like the the transaction of it was weird. I feel like the transaction of Tinder makes more sense. Yeah, but uh, Tinder is in terms of what I said about girls talking about wine and stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's even worse. I don't know. Like Tinder is just it's more of a minefield. Yeah, like, I, there's I, more I, shit I, to weave through. I don't know if there's more shit to weave through, but like uh, I uh, I am immediately appalled <laughs> a lot of things i see on, t- on tinder and it's like i don't want to be but like i just i have like an instinct thing you know while on, on hinge i can like scroll through and be like okay this person has this like i don't know this person likes david bowie or something or have they have a nice message about yeah. something and i can be like oh that's nice actually and i don't feel superficial yeah yeah exactly yeah, like you can latch on to something i have a thing with t- when when i was on tinder i would like I would not like people if I didn't think, if I thought, even if I liked them, I'd be like, they probably won't like me, so I'm just not going to like them. I'm going to save myself the rejection. So, uh, yeah. That's also <laughs> a problem. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't complain too much about Tinder. It is how I technically found my current boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, kind, only remote, only kind. I mean, no, it is. But that is not how we became <laughs> a thing. <laughs> Well, that yeah, but that's, that's how you met him, so, you know. Yeah, still. I guess. Mm. Whatever. Um, um, yeah, in terms of, like, attractiveness, I I don't know, like, extra attractive girls are, are I don't know, they're also kind of a put-off for me. Like, I don't know, that's not exactly what I'm looking for, I think, either. So, um, yeah, I... Um, like, I don't know, like extra attractive. What I mean is, like, you know, those those so kinds of girls really that you would see. Yeah. That's why I hate you so much. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the model types or whatever or stuff like that. You know, people with loads of makeup on. That's, I don't know, that turns me off, like, really quickly. Not, like, any makeup, but, you know, that kind of makeup where you kind of see, like, they have, like, a second face. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, and I mean, people, for me, I'd like, but, you know, wear whatever makeup you want. But I just, as like as someone who wears makeup, like I would consider makeup one of my like main hobbies. I really like doing yeah. makeup. I don't do super crazy makeup, but I really enjoy like doing my makeup. I guess maybe hobby isn't the word, but like doing my makeup is like one of my favorite parts of the day. Um, yeah. And like, I just, as someone who wears makeup, I see people and I'm like, it's amazing what you've done, but I can't imagine how how that feels. Like I put on like a little bit of makeup. Like I very rarely would wear like foundation, but if I do, yeah. I'm like, ugh. And I put on the lightest foundation. It's not even a foundation. It's like a tint. And yeah. I'm like, ugh, my face. Yeah. So I can't imagine how it feels to have so many different layers. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, it's like, uh, it's an art, but it looks... And then your skin gets, like, bad. And it's so much effort to take it off. Like, <laughs> Listen, I... Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, I also think that, you know, you, you do whatever you want. What makes you feel good. I just don't personally find that very attractive. And I don't mean I don't find makeup attractive. I think I do, you know, at a regular degree. It's just like, yeah, when it's like, I don't know, when you see like somebody's skin color is not like, you know, when it's like brownish, I don't know. I, I can You're notice You're a white that. woman. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, that, what 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 other problems I have? Uh, yeah. Girls do, <laughs> girls what else do you hate love... about women? You misogynist. Yeah, this is just uh, welcome to uh, Fanny Minchcock, where I <laughs> complain about women. <laughs> no, uh, welcome to female, female, no, female, 
female mache conspiracy, but with a K. No, that doesn't critique. make any sense. Pr- critique with a K. That could work. No, yeah. it doesn't make sense. No, okay. That, that sounds like you're critiquing the female version of me. Yeah, which I would, probably. If Are you saying that I am not allowed to choose my gender identity? And if I no, were to be a woman, you would not accept identity. that? What I'm saying is that, Mache, regardless of your gender identity, I will never discriminate against you. I'll always be a bitch to you. Thank you. Um, Male, female, or non-binary, I'll always be a bitch to you. And that you can rely on. That is my promise to you. I take a veil as good. a friend. Oh. I'll always be a bitch to you. You're That's welcome. reassuring. Um, yeah, so coming back to the problems I have with women. Um, <laughs> lots of women love taking pictures of themselves and adding like a cat face on. Like, how would you call that thing? A filter? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cat filters. Um, I'll be honest. If somebody has only like Pope photos with that on their profile, I uh, I run. Yeah, I'd be the same. Like, guys do that as well. What? Guys? What? Yeah, like, again, from my memory, guys would, like, have... No, no, not as many as I'd say there are, like, girls would, but they would have so many pictures of them, like, with weird filters on, and I'm like, then... I don't want to see this. Yeah, that's weird. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like it. And yeah, Um, it is. It's just kind of weird. It's like, I just want to see what your face looks like. I like I I don't even like care that much. It's just like it's not like girls like you know it's not like hiding anything and it's, it's just awkward. I don't know. It feels stupid to me. It reveals something about them. I don't know what it is. I just I don't know. I just it's a it's an instinct, you know. I just go like ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's things you can just tell about someone. You're like, mm. yeah, maybe that's why nobody matches with me because they can just tell who I am <laughs> based on my profile. <laughs> Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, anyways, fuck on kill uh, uh, is a podcast <clears throat> where we talk about films. You might might have not realized that after after this little segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out. So this is our we um. So we've just had a comeback. This is our comeback. This is not our comeback. Oh. Um, this is our third episode of season yeah. one. No, it's not. That's season <laughs> two. Our- this is our third episode of season two. And right, so we, we check our analytics and stuff, um, or like used to for season one, um, and then coronavirus happened. But we would check our analytics, but we'd, we would never get like people talking to us about the podcast too much. But we go away for a while. We kept them all wanting stuff. And our, our the post I made on Instagram about us coming back has comments of people expressing the fact that they missed us. Yeah. Uh I would you have like to leave to say, people wanting more. Um Yeah, maybe that's just what we do. Maybe we just start a season Take and then <laughs> disappear for two months and then come back. <laughs> yeah, play hard to get. Yeah, exactly. You know, really doing a podcast vibes. doing a podcast is very much like being on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, you gotta play hard to get. Exactly. It's um, like dating an Aquarius. It's like what? Dating an Aquarius. Aquariuses are um they they. I don't care. Um. So okay. uh, <laughs> uh, I just like to say uh, one of those comments is from our non-binary friend. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, friend. Bye. Um. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. It's 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 episode three, and uh, yeah, we're getting used to the format.
And uh, yeah, we'll see. But we're trying to record this one a bit differently, so um, let us know if you hear a difference. I don't know. You can you can reach <laughs> out to us for Instagram us. and shit. It's fine. We're lonely. Yeah, please talk to us. There's a lockdown. We can't leave our houses. You've just heard like 20 minutes of me talking about how terrible I'm doing on that dating app. Please write to me. <laughs> please, somebody date Maché quick. Quick. It's not the right time to get into a relationship, really. It's not the right time to get into a relationship that you, like, I don't know, want to act upon immediately. Uh, yeah, you that's probably true. You can't kiss from six feet apart. Yeah so, yeah, so actually don't write to me because it's the only thing I'm interested in. No, what I would say is write to, write to him just to flirt. Flirting's fun. I am. I think I'm terrible at flirting. But let's, you know what? Let's let's stop talking about about this. We we have a whole season to go to. Lockdown is not ending. We have. We're recording the whole to... season today. <laughs> yeah, we have loads of time to discuss die. my, you know, my personal mishaps and all the sadness that I carry. We should have a segment where we get an update from your hinge every week, and that makes there you have go. to stay on it. I'm excited. No okay, problem. so this week we watched a film named Apostle. Directed by Gareth Evans, a Welshman. A Welshman. Uh, it's a Netflix film. Um, okay, so it is a Netflix film. I wasn't sure. Yeah, uh, mm, he okay. made it for Netflix. Yeah, so it's like from two years ago, and um, yeah, so it's fairly new, fairly new film, uh, by a director who had quite a bit of success with his uh, two previous films. Uh, he made The uh, Raid and The Raid 2. Um, mm. Both very well-known action oh. films. Indonesian um, action films. Yeah, so... That's interesting. Yeah, yeah he's I, Welsh. I, that's true, yeah. But yeah, pretty much I think the whole cast of, of The Raid is Indonesian. Or most of them, at least. Um, and it takes place there, I think. Yeah, from what I remember. Mm. I've seen The Raid... Ages ago, like ages, ages, ages ago, uh, and I haven't seen the sequel. Oh, he used to live in Jakarta, the capital of Indonesia. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So he makes those two action films, and he, uh, yeah, there's quite a lot of buzz around them. I, I, I'd say the raid is responsible for a lot of trends in in Asian cinema, and also. And maybe even more in terms of like the the Western world being open uh, for Asian cinema, and uh, especially the action films coming in here and and getting a bit more traction, and yeah, we we saw basically like every most of the horror festivals I went to here have like uh, an Asian kind of actiony film in the repertoire just because they're so violent that they just kind of include them because people who like horror films like those films as well usually so i've seen just like loads of those kinds of films just imported here just trying to get the same kind of impact that raid had um yeah basically none of them succeeded um but it's definitely an important film and i think if you like watch john wick and stuff like that there's a there's a clear influence there So yeah, this is it's described as a period horror film, which is me once a month, but um, because um, I menstruate. No. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you write that joke down? <clears throat> no, I literally just thought of it right now. 
Wow. I was looking at the. I mean, it's not a very. It's it's not the most um, inventive joke I've ever come up with. Well, it's up there, you know. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. The weird thing about this film, it was incredibly not like super star studded, but it was quite star studded. Uh... Like for for a film of this nature, there were like quite a few high profile actors. Well, which I don't know. Shocked me. I mean, I, I'm glad you you think that way. Because I'm not sure if Dan Stevens is, is considered a high class actor. Okay, well let me right. So to cla- right, oh let me clarify. Generally with horror, I find that horror is kind of it's like it's the outcast of like s- cinema in the sense that there's actors who do horror, and those are the people who do horror. Like it's not it's not one of those things like people can jump between like drama and comedy, but there's not that like, I guess maybe more so in the past few years with like the coming of like with Ari Aster and everything. But I feel mm-hmm. like people, actors are generally more um inclined to be either a horror actor or not a horror actor. Like it's, it's kind of a specific genre. And I feel like this film, I was surprised by how many actors there were that I knew. Um, Like generally there might be, you know, you might have one star. And that's it. Uh-huh. Uh, like you might have one person that you're like, oh yeah, I know them. And then the rest of them in the horror film, you're like, oh, I don't know. Whereas with this, there was Dan Stevens who was in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so I know well, who he is. Um, <laughs> but then there was Lucy Boynton um, who is in, she's going out with Rami Malek who is a cursed man. Um, and she was in, she was in Bohemian Rhapsody with him. And she's also in Sing Street, which is an excellent film. True. And she she's in it. Then let me let me respond to what she said then. Um because both Dan Stevens and, and Lucy are actually have started in horror and have quite a bit of, you know, history with horror and stuff like that. You know, Dan Stevens before he did Beauty and the Beast, uh bless his soul for that wonderful the seminal choice, horror. Uh, uh, seminal horror film. Uh, he he started the guest, which is a great Adam Vingard film that mm-hmm. I wanted to show you once at a at a at a party at my place, but we instead watched the mask. But the, the the idea was to watch the guest. I was really drunk at that, so it wouldn't have made a difference. That is true, but anyways, he definitely has a history with that kind of with that kind of films, you know. So it's not like it's coming out of nowhere for him. Uh, he's also in Legion, and, and his career is generally just like, just a just a bunch of weirdness. And I I absolutely love him for that. But uh, oh my god, this guy is all over the place. Uh, yeah, it's great. It was uh, interesting. But then also, it's got um, Michael Sheen in it, who's like a pretty big actor. Yeah, Michael Sheen is like the only <laughs> guy that I would say doesn't have that that much to do with horror. He he's mm-hmm. like the star, right? He's like the 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 esteemed actor, kind of rolling in. Uh, giving this a bit more, I guess. I feel uh, like he's the finesse. only defined character in this film. Well, <clears throat> I would say none of them are very defined, but that's fine. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I mean, the it's a pretty poor like picking ground, but I feel like he is the most defined. Well, There's also um Christine Froseff, who I think is Australian. She was in Looking for Alaska. Oh, she's absolutely not Australian. She's from New Jersey. Never mind. Um, mm-hmm. She was in Looking for Alaska, but she's also in The Society, which is a Netflix series Siri? mm-hmm. series um, that I really like. Um, it's I, I'm hoping that season two happens because I enjoyed it. The girl from... the That's where I'm getting it from. The Australian um, girl from You Better Watch Out or Better Watch Out. Is it just called Better Watch Out? 
the act the main actress from Better Watch Out is in this in society as well. Oh, you told me about that. Society. Yeah, I remember. Um, so yeah, Christine Froseth, who plays the daughter Fionn, um, yeah, Quinn's daughter, um, she's in it as well, and she's really good. She's in the society, and she's also good in that. Yeah, I, so I, I don't mean, really maybe know her, it was but... particularly that there were people in the film that I knew. <laughs> yeah, but the the society is also like apocalyptic, so I guess it's not not horror esque. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of like Lucy Lucy Boynton, she also you know she she worked with Oz Perkins a lot, so she's both in February and uh, <gasps> I am the oh, pretty yeah. thing that lives in the house. Um, so yeah, also definitely like you know horror background to a degree. You know, it's not like completely out of the blue that she pops up in this. Uh, I think. Okay, forget what I said, everybody. Yeah, please disregard what Abby said. <laughs> disregard um, me, I'm an idiot. And listen to what I'm talking about. Yeah, listen to man only, please. Let's listen to um, man. Yeah, I think a lot of those people are 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 honestly doing it because Gareth Evans is involved, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, you know, probably coming up the fame of the raid and a lot of people liked it, so they kind of go after this. Mm-hmm. So what did have had you seen this before? No, I have not seen this <gasps> film before. Did you watch it for the podcast? <laughs> I did watch it for the podcast. I have seen the film. <laughs> I've seen um, Apostle. What did you think of it? I uh I really enjoyed Apostle. I had a wonderful time <laughs> watching Apostle. Uh that it, it you know, I have you know, there are many issues with this film. Uh, and I'm very happy to talk about them, but in terms of my enjoyment I had an absolutely wonderful, joyous time, um, which I honestly, which I did not expect. I did not expect this, you know, two hour, over two hour long film. I think it's like two, it's like, it's long. It's fucking long. It's, yeah, two hours and something. I had to finish it. I started watching it last night and I had to finish it today. It's too long also. But Mm. um, it was a breezy watch for me in general. It was was a good time. Um, What about you? How did you like Apostle? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was... I didn't know... I, I went into it very much not knowing what it was about at all. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. But I love cults. I mean, I don't love them. I don't love what they stand for. <laughs> um, but no, I find cults... I think like a lot of people, I find cults really interesting. Um, I, I, I'm always... I feel like films about cults are almost more interesting than like documentaries. Just because documentaries often... I love documentaries, but documentaries can get a bit boring and it comes to that point where it's sort of hard because there's so many different like documentaries about cults. It comes to the point that it's hard to find one that's really good. Yeah. Like that keeps your attention and it's like, no, I want to know all the crazy stuff. Um, yeah. And then also I think coming up with like a fictional cult is also pretty cool. I mean, yeah. was it fi- is it fictional? I'm thinking it is. Yeah, I don't um, think there's anything here that seems remotely real in any way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but like, you know, ha- the, you know, the having someone just come up with a concept of a cult and putting that into like a movie is pretty cool um but yeah like i i really liked it it was definitely quite um very much like the second half of it the first half really wasn't but like towards the end particularly like the half the last 40 minutes it was like pretty gruesome and gory yeah um yeah but but it was but i thought it was really good it was really interesting there was a few things where I felt like I was like there was some information that I wished I knew like 
how do I describe it? I feel like there was some ends that weren't tied up and not in a way that like was like a thing of like, oh, it's fine. I'll, st-, you know, it's like, I feel like there was no reason we didn't find out certain things, um, like little bits of information, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It was interesting. Like it's one of those things that like the concept is just so different, I guess. Like the background of it is pretty cool. Not the background. I don't know. I was, think, um, yeah, unpredictable. I think it's um well I am kind of a I am a fan of 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 that sort of horror film as well and mm-hmm. I think we're seeing a little bit of a rebirth uh, of of that kind of stuff which is great and I think yeah uh you mentioned Ari Ari Aster before and I think he's responsible for that in a lot of ways uh he made Midsummer now but uh I I I thought that Hereditary had a lot of uh cultish themes as well and a lot of like elements from from old school uh pagan horror stuff i've still not seen hereditary yeah um i know so i'm not gonna say too much but i think that kind of you know that that kind of planted the seed because hereditary was such a big deal um and you know and maybe that's how this film kind of got to be made and people got interested again and um, I'm not sure if it's that original. Like it's it's clearly he's got its own thing going a little bit in this film. But holy shit, does it you know does it borrow a lot from The Wicker Man and uh, Blood and Satan's Claw and stuff like that? And I think it's very apparent about you know being influenced by those films. And mm. I don't mind it at all. You know, I I really like them, and I think it's great that you know we can see like a like a film like this again semi you know semi mainstream kind of thing definitely for the people and maybe released on netflix but i think they made somehow you know at you know kind of a deal like it wasn't like buried in netflix you can you can find it it was released on a film festival i think like that it's fantastic fest whatever that is yeah, Fantastic Fest is a really big deal. So yeah, I would yeah. I would imagine they released it there. And like, you know, I, I think that's one of those films that if you get the right audience, so like at a horror festival, I'm sure people could go like, you know, crazy for it. Maybe not crazy, but really, really enjoy it and watch it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think like its main strength comes, to me at least, from the way it's made. Uh, I think it's just really so well made it's crazy Mm -hmm. how well made this film is in a lot of ways especially considering that i don't think the budget is very high or certainly doesn't seem to be um but like it's just very well made and also it's very committed (laughs) it's very (laughs) committed it's a film that you know it's committed to the bit It, it makes up a bit and it's like it's it's like till the end it just it just hammers it in it's like it just doesn't care you know it what it cares about is like we made up this thing and now we're gonna stay true to to the to the idea you know no matter what happens and i i appreciate that you know i respect that one thing that i like really enjoyed just i think in general like the concept of as well as seeing it um like the way it was done is so the film is set in 1905 yeah which is just pretty interesting like as in in the sense that i feel like and this is very much just my own experience, but, like, I don't think I've ever seen a horror film that was set around that time. Like, I feel like most horror films I see are set after, like, I don't know, 1970. Like, most... I don't know, like, as in... So, yeah. wait, no, let no, me describe myself better. It's So, it's not that, like, films made now 
if they're like they're not really like horror films are I feel like not often made set at any time other than like the present or a specific moment in time maybe kind of um I don't know how to explain it no I know what you mean it's just interesting because it's like it's a period piece but it's a horror film and I feel like a lot of you know I think as well like people starting maybe innovating with horror or trying to innovate with horror or doing it in a way that it's like technology and it's like all the things that are scary now and you know modern modern horror films and you know going with what we've got at the moment and it's like but i don't know pretty scary in the past too yeah I so think, it's just um, interesting to see a different perspective and a different approach that isn't like it definitely has been done before but like just not it's not one that we see as much of um if that makes sense there's definitely a thing in the horror world, I think, where everybody's like, what's scary now? What's, you know, like, how do we get to the kids? What are kids afraid of? You know, what are teenagers afraid of? What do kids want to see? And, you know, everybody's like, oh, kids want to see a horror film about uh, phones or whatever. And then you see, like, a film like True for Dare with the fucking distorted smiley face monster thing, which is really stupid. Or, or that new <laughs> Army Hammer film, it's called Wounds or whatever about your phone trying to kill you or whatever. I haven't seen that film. But anyways, <laughs> there's definitely, and there's always been a big drive in horror, I think, to be modern and relevant and with the times. And You're you never going to be Black Mirror. Get over it. Yeah, well, you know, Black Mirror is another big thing where you see, where we now have a whole bunch of films which are like pretty much Black Mirror episodes, but half an hour longer. Um, mm. And they're sometimes good, like Vivarium, which is pretty cool. But um, but we do see quite a few, I think. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the most glaring example I can think of is, is you know, Robert Eggers, uh, who made two films and both of them are horror films. Well, kind of horror films in a very, very specific historical background with like loads <laughs> of fucking research. Uh, you know, The Witch is... Uh, I just checked it. Uh, the witch is taking place in 1630, um, so you know, very specific time. <laughs> and uh, the lighthouse. When does the lighthouse take place? Uh, it's 1890, so actually quite uh, quite similar timeline. And uh, I would say that those films are even more committed to kind of trying to capture the feeling of the times and uh, definitely the dialects and stuff like that. You know. The lighthouse is so hard to watch because of all the spill your beans kind of stuff because it's all pirate talk and it's really hard to understand. Um, it's like when you is... changed your Facebook to pirate language when you were 15 to be quirky. It's exactly like that, except for real. And uh, and Robert Pattinson is mis- masturbating in the background, um, yeah. which didn't happen when you were 15. It was the opposite. You were masturbating to, to Robert Pattinson in the forefront. In the, in the forefront. Well. Foreground? Foreplay? Mm. No, no fair play needed. No fair play. No foreplay needed if, if, it's, <laughs> if it's Robert Pattinson. Anyways. Um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's, you know, I think it's a specific thing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not like it's a trend, but it does happen every once in a while, you know? Yeah, it's uh, different. It's kind of, it's a, it's sort of a nice, not a breath of fresh air, but it's just like nice to see something different. And the thing is for me, like I really enjoy horror films about technology and like modern things and that as well it's not that i don't um yeah it's just nice to have something different as well yeah definitely and you know ari oh, yeah, is for making me it was yeah uh all the stuff that ari's making you know he made a pagan horror which takes place now with midsummer and it was great too 
No problem there. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that the way he did that was like, it's sort of a combination of things where it's like, well, imagine, you know, you're in this modern world, but also, you know, these things are still happening that are super like, um, ancient. Uh, there's definitely a better word out there. I just don't remember what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's outdated. Like, uh, there's still the thing of like, if you have a modern cell phone with you, then being in a horror film is really complicated. So they always, you know, try to make cell phones inaccessible. Like in the midsummer, mm-hmm. I think they just don't have reception, right? Or whatever. Um, I think, I feel like they probably, I can't remember, but maybe they, they just give them away. Sacrifice their phones. I feel like that's yeah. one way that will they'll often be able to get you. It's like, oh, we're all putting our phones in here for some reason. Or like, oh, you're here for this camping trip. You have to give your phone away. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think as well, it's, and that's one thing that Scream sort of really did. And I think if you ever watch like the Scream TV series, um, which I honestly really enjoyed, um, you know, they did the same where it's like, you know, you look back, and I, I think I like the way they did it, where it was a continu, it was, it was a con, it was a continuation of like the format, but it's not like trying to be the same killer. But basically, like, you know, with Scream in the nineties, it was like, well, if you have like a home phone, and it's scary because anyone can contact you, and then all right. that kind of stuff. And that's why that's why caller ID was like invented, um, because of Scream, pretty much. Um, yeah. I mean, there were probably other contributing factors, but I just know that like caller ID went way up. <laughs> after Scream was made uh, or Scream was yeah. released. And then, you know, Scream Thanks. did that like throughout the years. They like navigated how a horror film, how their horror film format would look if you took away, or not if you took away, but like you add all the new types of technology that are coming in, you know, suddenly there's caller ID. So, you know, in one of them, I know like Sydney's phone rings and it's someone pretending to be Ghostface and she looks at it and she sees the number and she's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the, it's a prank caller. And then the new the Scream series again does the same thing where it's like well you know these kids have laptops they've got iPhones they've got like all these different ways of technology but there's always going to be some way to get around it so it's still like being able to instill that fear while using the technology in a smart way you know it's kind of a cop out to try and you know to have a horror film be like everyone give us your phones which I think might happen in I've only watched like 10 minutes of it but in Escape Room or whatever that oh, film's yeah. called I haven't seen that yeah. I think I think they, fucking, they made room. two films about escape rooms, like horror films about escape rooms. Like they've probably made more than two. Yeah, maybe that's probably right. But um, <laughs> they're the two that I know of, and I keep getting them confused. Yeah, I don't know. I think I I started watching it and I wasn't um, intrigued, so stopped. But yeah, I think at the start they're like made give their phones because I was like, Haha, we're doing a fun thing, and it's like, yeah, that's a cop out. To be fair, anyway, though, yeah, apostle. it's probably a good idea to give your phone before you go into an escape room because, yeah, that kills all the fun. Yeah, you do have to give your phone away when you go into an escape room. Hey, Mache. Yeah. Remember Apostle? Yeah, film. Okay, I saw it. Yeah. So. Okay, so. The film is basically about a dude. His name is... He, his, the dude's name is Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. He's a dude in like the beginning of the the 20th century. Um, and Thomas, basically the film starts with... Uh, what's the first thing that happens? Let me have a look at my So notes. he's like... So the first thing is that he's like... A letter is being read to him, I think, by his dad. 
Yeah. But the like the so the letter it's in a woman's voice and it's like someone pleading, basically saying along the lines of like, I've been kidnapped. They need money. So someone's being held for ransom. Um and it's being read by her and then it like changes into the man's voice, which is the dad. And then yeah. it's basically agreed that like Thomas will go and fix it. Yeah. And there's some so, kind of indication of daddy issues there. Yeah, there's a lot of indication of daddy issues throughout the film, but we don't ever see the dad. He's just kinda in the background and uh yeah thomas get, like reread the letter and um it is understood that the dad can't go anywhere because he's sick or old or whatever um right and it's like, it's like mulan it's exactly like mulan uh the mm-hmm. film is exactly like mulan um think welsh mulan yeah so thomas goes and uh he's there he's supposed to go and it turns out that it's like a cult that kidnapped that lady uh the lady turns out to be thomas's sister jennifer and they basically just want money they they kidnapped her for money or something just give them her money yeah because they're poor (laughs) which is kind of (laughs) weird are they not that rich but that is that not why she's been kidnapped because they're rich no, like there's Thomas and missing. there's stuff missing. Yeah, no, no. So the the family is rich, right? The the, the dad is rich. He got money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why the cult takes the daughter. Um, but then the dad don't do anything about it. So they send Thomas, uh, to go and fix shit. Um, mm-hmm. so he goes on the train. He shaves because he he looks like a um like a bad boy. He's a bad boy He's... at the start. He doesn't even look like a bad boy. That indicates he's like wearing a leather jacket and he looks kind of like bold. But no, he's like dirty. It's like 1905. All over him. Where'd he get a leather jacket? Messy. In 1905. From Danny Zuko. I don't know. Don't ask me the question. I'm not Gareth Evans. Danny Zuko um, is in the heavens with, with Sandra D. Fucking driving well, around the clouds. <laughs> Where he belongs, he's on his his um planet. Is that what Scientology believes in? I don't know. I don't know. Scientology, um, please don't come for us. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, he's dirty, and then he yeah, he cleans himself up. He's also so he's constantly and maybe you know what this man. I didn't bother to like try and research it. He's got the little bottle and he's got a dropper and he keeps dropping stuff from the bottle into his mouth. What is that? What's it? I think we it's ever, some sort of drug, but I'm not sure. What drug? Um, Must I explain? I don't know. Because at some point, <laughs> at some point, he so right because he ta- he like seems to take it intermittently, and then it's not a spoiler because I mean we're, this is a podcast about the whole film, so yeah, if we're gonna spoil the film. Um, yeah, spoiler alert: we're gonna spoil the film. Um, so he at, at later on the film like chucks it across the room, and it's like halfway through the film or less. He chucks it across the room, breaks the thing, but it like doesn't have an impact on anything. So what I don't uh, understand. Reddit says it's probably uh, laudanum or some sort of opium, which kind of is what I thought that it might be some sort of opium thing. But he doesn't smoke it; he just kind of takes a little drop and yeah, and uh, but then yeah, in his mouth. I just I just want to know what the purpose was. You know, like yeah. it never. 
it never really, there was never any kind of point of like, oh, that's what the drops were. Like, I for a while thought he was going to like mutate if he didn't take it. You know? Very cool. <laughs> but like, there's, so there's things like that. Like I was saying at the start, there's a few little things that were just never tied up that I was like, what the fuck? I would like to know what that was, please. Well, I don't know. I guess you could, like, you know, if we have a film about religion, then, you know, if we have somebody taking drugs who that there's probably a parallel parallel you could you could draw there between you know drug and religion and you know a cult uh you know people you know because thomas is kind of above the cult but he's still like a, a slave to the drug and then at an important moment in the film he breaks the bottle we'll get to it and he kind of breaks away from the drug. But you're right. It just kind of disappears from the film. It's not really explored. It but... didn't seem to make that much of an impact. Like, Oh, no. It I feel like he would have been grand taking it or not taking it. You know? Just keep your opioid addiction, man. It's fine. It's 1905. No one cares. Um, yeah. Although, I do think something changes after he breaks the opium bottle. But we'll get to it. Um, all right. So, okay. Thomas gets on a train. And uh, then he's supposed to get on a boat. Uh, he's got a little invitation thing. So the way it works, they get the people who want to join the cult on a little island where they live. The cult. It's called Ariston. Yes. Uh, they call uh, the people in the cult blasphemers. They're blasphemers. Which is great <laughs> and cool. Um, so uh, everybody... So it's like a bunch of people who go to that little harbor and they're supposed to get on the boat to... Uh, yeah, to get to the island and there's and everybody has like a little piece of paper uh which is supposed to be their like invitation so that they know who they are and thomas being a smart boy notices that his invitation has a little red dot on it and he's like huh nobody else has that red dot i'm sure <laughs> that means something <laughs> perhaps that's how the film intuition. works. Like just Thomas, everything stops, and Thomas starts talking to the camera in that voice, being like, "Something's wrong here, audience. Can <laughs> you figure it out?" And then you have like ten seconds to figure it out. It's not what happens. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like Dora the Explorer. He's like, "Can you say blasphemers?" <laughs> Do you have a Jewish friend? Next time you see him, call him a blasphemer, or any other. It doesn't have to be a Jewish friend. <laughs> <laughs> Dora like, is I a... am the one that's an anti-Semite. <laughs> Dora the Explorer is a raging anti-Semitic. Oh Jesus! Uh, anyways, she's always um, denying the Holocaust. It's abhorrent. It's hard. It's honestly, it's a bit awkward, right? It's like you know, you're watching yeah. Dora the Explorer. Everything's fun. They make some jokes about poo, and then suddenly, <laughs> it's just like you know, through a different scene, Dora just says, "By the way, the Holocaust didn't happen," and they just move on, and everybody <laughs> in, the, in the cinema is just like, "Whoa." That was that was a bit much, Dora. Yeah, it's it's crazy how it happens. Um, yeah. So anyway, so uh, yeah, he notices the little thing on his invitation, and he's smart enough, smart enough boy, to exchange it with a different guy uh, who's going on the boat, right? So now he's got an invitation without the red dot on it, and the red dot is um, with a different guy who's nobody, and he gets you know the guy who's uh, driving the boat, driving the boat. What do you do with a boat? I don't know. He's the guy Sail. who's sailing. Yeah, uh, he 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 has chalk, so he puts an X on that other guy's suitcase, being like, "Huh, that guy, he he's watch out for him." 
Anyways, that actually is important. That makes sense in this film. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be part of the setup. There's a really long setup in this film. This film takes a long time uh, to set things up. It really, it takes most of the film to set it up. And it's two hours long. Yeah. And I did not enjoy it. It's just that it really did take quite a while. Like, you know, it picks up. Yeah. It's really like the last hour or so that you're like, oh, yeah, wow. This is wild. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I enjoyed the whole thing. I just feel like there is that element of being like, I don't know if you needed this much setup. Yeah, exactly. Especially since, as you mentioned, there are, there are things that don't seem to be resolved or don't seem to make much sense. So it yeah. feels like, well, then what were you doing for that hour? And I'm not sure. And I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. feel like, are we going to end this episode and be like, actually, I fucking hated this film. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it. Well, um, no, because there's yeah, going to no, come there a was... part... There's a time when my notes start to be like caps lock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. Um, th- yeah, there's. I think there was an element of like. I do have notes, by the way. I've got them. Um, I wrote them on my laptop. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, good. But yeah, modern. Um, well, I was. I Parker was asleep, and I needed. I I could, didn't want to wake him by getting my notebook. Yeah. So I had to type them, and then my battery died, which is why I had to finish watching it today. Um, Fair enough. But. Anyways, so, there, yeah, there's a few things that I just, like, the the cult, I feel like, in a weird way, we learned a lot about, like, the background of the cult, almost. Like, we learned about the basis of the cult, but I feel like I wanted to know a bit more about, like, their culty things. Like, besides, because at, at the end of it, it almost becomes this thing where it's like, is it really a cult? I mean, it was, but, like, <laughs> no, like, I mean, there's yeah. certain things... Yeah, I mean, like it was, and yeah, so it was. Um, but there's certain things that I'm like, there's one scene, there's like one mass scene. Like, I want to know all of their different like practices. Yeah. I think you know, and that's one thing that like Midsummer does really, really well is that it really explores the different practices they have, and then it's sort of you kind of see them from the front, and then it shows you like the back end of the practices. Um, and it does it so well. Whereas I think this film didn't like fully explore like the logistics of the cult as much definitely which i would have enjoyed um yeah there's not much about the cult um a lot of that first part of the film is yeah thomas getting to the island and then this kind of being like like kind of uncovering the scheme behind taking jennifer and all that kind of stuff and you meet a lot of characters who are i guess somehow important to the story in some way but yeah it doesn't really like in a lot of ways you know that the, they're not that much of a cult because they're just a bunch of people living on an island um and i guess they go to mass and they have curfew and they do a yeah a thing with that we'll talk about in a second every night but other than that yeah it's pretty pretty regular kind of island life yeah i mean the thing is as well is that like so the, the the activities that they do are like the minimal exposure we have to the sort of different intricacies of the cult. Yeah. Everything else, like the core thing of a cult is generally like the belief and the thing they're believing in. And in this case, the thing that they're like believing in is real. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Again, that's a spoiler great alert. Like the, I think it's, it more becomes the thing of like the leaders have become corrupt. Yeah, but it's not the same as like a classic cult scenario, or at least like a modern. And I, I think maybe that then there's an element. I think you could. I guess no one ever, will never really be able to know like the psychology of the cult, 
because it, it becomes there's a level of being like, well, does this person is this person doing it for purely the sake of control, or is there an element of them where they like believe what they're saying? I feel like there has to be, in all cases, but I don't know. Um, but I mean, I think there's that element where so basically the cult was formed by three different men. So there's Quinn. So the main guy is Malcolm. Um, there's Malcolm, and Malcolm has a daughter named Andrea. Then there's Quinn. Quinn has a daughter named Fionn. And then um, there's Frank, and Frank has a son named Jeremy. Yeah. Interesting thing about the man who played Frank, he um, like trained to be a priest. Wow. He, Where'd you get that info be- from? Wikipedia. <laughs> a little old site called Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Um, I'm sure that sort of influenced maybe his perspective on a film about religion in some way. Um, but yeah, so it's like, it's a thing that was formed by these three men. There's no sort of origin story about their kids, which I find kind of weird. Again, like there's certain things I would have liked to know an answer to. Um, but in general, like it's these three guys, they form the cult. And it's it really does seem like it was formed in a way that made, that was just like, this is the truth. This is what's happening. And then it just evolved into them being corrupt, but not even like, I feel like Malcolm and specific, specifically Malcolm and Frank aren't actually really that corrupt. I mean, they are, <laughs> but I think in terms of their intentions and they're like, um, what's the word there? Like they have consciences. I think Quinn is kind of the bad seed. Yeah, is where I'm definitely. With that. Which you're gonna find out later. But at the beginning of the film, it doesn't even seem that net. Like it doesn't seem that important who the people who made the cult are. Like you kind of meet yeah, them. Yeah, it's not. But there's the main guy, Malcolm, and he's like the yeah, he's the priest guy who gives speeches and shit, and he's supposed to be. He's the leader. leader. Yeah. yeah. And so you kind of, yeah, you get like, oh, he's he's uh, important and stuff. But like, yeah, like the beginning of the film is just Thomas getting there. And he's it's like, it's it's supposed to be more like, a, uh, yeah, this man against the cult kind of scenario. So you're just like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of people in the cult. Yeah, whatever. Right. Who gives a shit? Um, yeah. So Thomas gets to the island. Uh, they immediately get the other guy um, with the invitation that he gave him. And they beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> yes, I believe that's what I said in my no. Yeah, basically you just yeah, you, when you first arrive on the island they they just kind of walk and there's nobody there but the cult like kind of living in the middle of it. There's a wonderful very nice shot when they go up a hill right after they arrive which which is like, you know, like straight from the Wickerman kind of thing. Have you ever seen the Wickerman? No. I was about to say I've not seen the Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I the, believe the you staple. though. The um, yeah the the um yeah the aesthetics of the film are pretty cool. It's very much like a dark, dreary yeah landscape. Um, yeah. another thing that happens prior to like when they find him is they um they when they're in the mass, Thomas sees a spooky lady out the window. Um, oh yeah, and that's I refer to her throughout my notes. I refer to her as spooky lady. Um, he sees a spooky lady at the window, and the priest sees the spooky lady, but it doesn't seem like anyone else does. And the priest notices that Thomas sees the spooky lady. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, and it's something that actually comes back later to a degree. It's not really mm, um, explained, but it again, it's back. not explored well enough. 
What doesn't uh, come back though is that on the boat, when they're on a boat, uh, a goat kind of falls. Like I think it's a lamb. Or a lamb or whatever the fuck it is. An animal uh, falls out of a box and is like falls down to like the pass where the passengers are sitting and then Stevens like takes the lamb and is just kinda holding it so you know, just it's a storm, you know, it's rainy, he just holds the lamb. And then another dude from the boat just takes the lamb and fucking throws it into the ocean. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's the guy who who he swapped tickets with. Yeah, maybe. I think it's that guy. Uh, anyway, he says, Oh, it was intended. And then Stevens like, yeah. Alright. Yeah, he says, only she decides who to give or take. We do not intervene. Um, Which gives us, like, some kind of tiny insight into some aspect of their cult. It doesn't really, because, like, it establishes that it's a woman, I guess, which is... It establishes that, and it establishes that it's, like, I think what it's establishing is him being, like, well, the goat, or the lamb, the, the whale, the whatever... The animal fell from the top of the boat, and so the animal fell from the top of the boat, and she. So that happened because she, the god goddess, intended for that lamb to die, and we but do that's... not intervene. We don't intervene if she decides to kill. We don't intervene if she decides not to kill. But that's not how the god works. Like uh, it's clearly like yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like, we don't get too but much it's... to know about how the religion works at all, honestly. Mm-hmm. But also, like, we get, to, we get to know more about the god later on. And, yeah, fucking, there's nothing in that that would indicate this, I would say. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it's... anyways. Basically, <laughs> there's just a lot of things that went unanswered. But, yeah, so that happens. Um, and we learn, kind of, you know, someone arrives... It seems like one of the people that arrives is like the mother of someone. She arrives and like a, a girl comes up to her in that kind yeah. of way. That's a reunion, um, and then we see them later on. Um, there's someone like inspecting the new arrivals, kind of for a health screening of some sort. Maybe they're checking yeah. for coronavirus. I don't know. Um, they you write they that take joke in down? they. No, I didn't. I didn't actually write any jokes down. Um, wow. I never do. I'm an improv queen. Uh, mm. <laughs> um. They sometimes I write checks down, but I pretty much never do. Um, I'm really just writing down the film. Yeah. Um, that's why it always comes back to me to recount it towards the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then yeah. when they arrive, they're all given a mason jar. Um, and they refer to it. They're like, "Take your receptacle." I don't know why they needed to call it that. Um, for at all, but they're like, "Take your receptacle," and then you know we learn things like they're given. There's a book in um the room. That says um, the word according to Prophet Malcolm or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, yeah. That's basically the first moments on the island, and I wrote down that it's basically like a communist state. Like everybody, you know, there's no uh, private property really. Everybody is allowed to have the same amount of food or whatever. They have a house, and they just work, and they work together. And that's kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it's basically uh Lennon's dream. So uh <laughs> John Lennon. Go f- yes, John Lennon's dream. Um yeah, so Imagine there's no country. Yeah, we have the sermon that we, we see the lady which we talked about, and then we see that the guy 
who they fought was the uh, infiltrator, the guy who's here for the ransom, with the ransom for Jennifer. Um, the poor guy they, they took and beat up. He's like sitting somewhere and he's all beat up and, and crying and they slit his throat. Um, yeah, it's grand. It's great. It's great. And then <laughs> yeah, like, I well, that wasn't the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote, um, so I wrote that I was like, they don't seem delighted to be doing it. So like, it, yeah. it kind of seems like even when they didn't think, even when they thought it was him, they weren't like, it wasn't like they were doing it. I don't know. It was weird. Like it was interesting yeah. that they were being that violent in the first place. Cause it didn't seem like it was something they were like enjoying or felt. It wasn't like at the core of their relief. So it was kind of, I don't know. It was strange. Yeah. And then, I think as, um, the, as the film goes yeah. on, it kind of makes the point that, yeah, those people are not really that much into violence. It seems it's just like they're kind of in a in a critical situation. Yeah, anything. it's more that kind of thing where they're trying to cover up the like issues that are at the, that are like coming to the to the front or whatever. Yeah. Um and yeah, they and they so they basically like they now know that there's an intruder. So like they kill him, and then they're like, so there's an intruder. So they don't kill him thinking, oh, this is the guy. Yeah. Um. So th- they kill him more so because they're like, well, now we've fucked this guy about he's gonna tell everybody um and i guess that's it's i guess he didn't know anybody there then because otherwise they'd all be like okay well where so so my dad just arrived um and i he's just gone and this is a small island so i'm just wondering where my dad is <laughs> oh, that's know. actually a great Malcolm. scene yeah it's like oh there's a there's a scene in this film where a little girl comes up to uh to michael michael sheen and and she's like, "Oh yeah, have you seen my dad? I think he 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 should be on the boat, but he wasn't there." And, and Michael Michael Sheen is holding a, a bloody knife in his hand, and he just slowly put it he puts it behind his back, and he says, "No," and then he winks to the camera, <laughs> and then he says, "Life is like a box of." <laughs> oh my god! And he Abby. says that. He says the thing Ferris Bueller says, life can get you down. Life is, life moves pretty fast. If you don't take it time, like, might miss it. Maybe you should start writing down jokes. Just a suggestion. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. All right, let's go on. So, boy's dead. <laughs> um, rest in and peace, then we bitch. find What? I said, rest in peace, bitch. Yeah, uh, he dead. Uh, and then I think we learned that there's like a, a forbidden romance going on between two young people. Yeah, there were. I wrote boat in the middle of sea, two youngins being filthy. Yeah, they have. Jeremy uh, and Fionn are in there riding. Yeah, they have premarital sex and will burn in hell. I wrote. It's absolutely um, disgusting. I prayed so much after that scene. Yeah, lots of praying. It was horrible. Uh, while you were sleeping with a man that you were not in a marital relationship with. But okay. That's I never did that. That's absurd. Don't say that again. Um, Alright, so it turns out that the receptacles are for blood. Everybody uh, fucking takes some of their blood, puts it in a flask, and leaves it outside their door before they go to sleep in the village. Which is great. Mm, it's excellent. There's so yeah. There's a scene where um, thingy. So the the one who arrived, I guess, to her daughter, again, still uncertain. 
Um, but they're like, we see Thomas looking through the window, I guess spying at nighttime, and she's like slitting her wrist to get the her blood into the receptacle, and she's like beckoning the little girl, and the little girl's like, I don't freaking wanna. Yeah, it's kind of not cool. Leave her be. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyways, I think Dan Stevens is, is that where that, yeah, Dan Stevens is around kind of, you know, going around the village, checking out what's going on, you know, trying to get some clues maybe as to where Jennifer is. And he bumps into the, uh, the boy, the, the sinner boy who, who's having the sex. And, uh, he sees both of them kind of coming home from their, from their sex travel. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, the. Um, no, one thing, a- so one thing we see here, Malcolm, Malcolm, yeah, so we see Malcolm, he's spying on Malcolm. Thomas is yeah. spying on Malcolm and he lifts up the carpet in his house. Um, and then we see like a secret passage um, in the floorboards leading like down into the home. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's when like Thomas bumps into everybody. And then we see the offering and that's kind of, that's all we see. We don't really see Malcolm like, Thomas doesn't follow Malcolm. Um. And then Thomas gets back to his room and he swaps the blood of his neighbor. He puts his neighbor's blood into his own mason jar, I guess, to stay under the radar. Um, And while he's doing that, he is opening his door and the key cuts his finger really brutally somehow. Um, Yeah, Yeah, there's like a little thing on on the key. There's like a little blade on the key. Yeah, it was strange. Um... Maybe they're just like equipping them with a blade. Like that's maybe what maybe yeah. that's what they use. I don't know. It seemed like the lady used a knife though. But yeah, so he opens the door and his blood, he nicks his finger. Nicks is really loose word. He like really hurts his finger. Blood drips onto the floor and then the floor the blood like now I think it I might be wrong. It kinda looked like it was like magnetically going. Like it looked like it wasn't just but maybe it was just like the way the effects were done. Yeah. It didn't look like it was flowing normally like blood. It looked like it was like magnetic, like someone was pulling it to them with a force field somehow. But it like okay. seeps through it seeps through the floorboards and we see like spooky person um going like <laughs> Yeah, there's a scary the lady under the floor, uh yeah, doing a scary thing yeah. to the camera. And it's and it's it's actually and a lot of people don't know this, but it's actually um roach from people under the stairs. Oh right, yeah, that makes sense. Except mm-hmm. that that dude was fucking cool. We rarely see him. He's just trying. He's trying like he doesn't want to be typecast. Oh, gotcha. And you gotta respect him for that, you know. I respect him. Uh, respect yeah. him a lot, actually. Mm. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, nice stuff. We get some horror things. Still pretty slow. Uh, oh yeah. And then, yeah. Then the next day. Thomas talks to the kid. They go on a walk. Or whatever. Whoa. He does some work first, right? He he does like some work. They they get him to work. Yeah. And build so Thomas a thing. comes to his room. Thomas wakes him up. So Thomas comes to his room. He knocks on the door. And no, sorry, reverse. Jeremy comes to Thomas's door and knocks on the door. And yeah. Thomas is like really not happy with being woken up and he's wearing a t shirt, his pajamas, his t shirt says, Don't talk to me before I've had my morning coffee. Yeah. Um and so he like rolls out of bed. He's also got goes, a he's also got a really takes his, really uncomfortable uh, morning erection. <laughs> yeah, it's raging. 
Um, and so he takes his, a little side note as well as that you see he's got like a little scar on his back uh, in the shape of a crucifix. But the main thing to be concerned about is the t-shirt um, that says don't wake me up until my morning coffee because that's going to be crucial later on in the movie. Yeah, that's what happens. And then they go and work. Yeah, then they go to work and then uh, they go on a walk uh, on the beach or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that he's like, so Jeremy's like, what were you doing? What were you doing out? And... Thomas is like, well, what were you doing out with that girl? And Jeremy's like, oh, fuck, he's got me there. Um, and it's just kind of a... <laughs> this is a standoff. Yeah, honestly, Thomas like loses his cool really quickly and basically just yeah, jumps really... on a fucking small kid and he's like, I'm gonna tell on you. <laughs> Don't he's not great. Um, <laughs> you know... Like, I, you're, I think... you're gonna tell me? I'm gonna tell you first. I... Um... I really like Dan Stevens. I think he's a great actor. Um, mm-hmm. In this film, I think he's... I'm not sure what he's doing. First of all, I'm not sure what he's doing. He's like... It's it's really interesting. He gets this part, which is a pretty normal uh, sad face protagonist. You know, broody, uh, complicated past, no faith in anything, kind of noir protagonist type, right? And mm-hmm. instead of uh just being dark and broody and not doing much he fucking like goes full nick cage he's like he's got moments in this film where he's like changing accents and like these things happening to his face he's he feels really (laughs) over the top to me and it's great i love it but it's also like a little bit like why would you do that dan you really didn't have to (laughs) dan please um so he's got a bit of that nick cage energy to me like he feels really like, he's just trying to, you know, fight the part. He's trying to make it bigger than it is. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, not it's not a very meaty part. Like, you would think it is. But it's not. Yeah. He's just broody. But not he's broody. doing his broody fucking best. Broody makes you want to have a baby. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's, it's not a bad performance. It's just, like, he's playing the part perfectly. It's just I mean, the, I think the part it's itself sometimes. is, like... Yeah, it definitely is sometimes. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so then, oh yeah, so then, so yeah, what happens is Thomas asks Jeremy, he's like asking if um, he reckon he shows his like, yeah. he shows his, oh yeah, they go, so they go on a walk and what happens yeah. is there's like, they're talking about the lad who, because they obviously like, I guess, throw the body or they just tell them, that's what it is. They do give an excuse as to why that guy disappears. Um, and they say that he tried to leave, but then the sea took him. So they're yeah. like, he says, he tried to leave, but the sea took him. She protected us. So again, it's that same thing. And I think it's kind of the irony of like, that is the guy that introduced us to the idea of like, she decides who to give and blah, blah, blah. And then she's, he's taken allegedly by her, but not. He was murdered. Um, yeah. And then um, Thomas ask has his like locket or something that has a picture of his sister jennifer in it and he's like do you recognize her and um jeremy's like oh i knew her a month ago she was on her boat um and then that yeah that's it the end no then they make like a like a deal like yeah jeremy tells him more and yeah they they would they agree on they agree that uh, thomas is not gonna tell that the boy is having a sexy time and uh, Jeremy's gonna help him with getting Jennifer or whatever, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I guess so. 
It's yeah, it's strange. Um, it's yeah, it's for like the convenience of the film. I don't know. Yeah, also does not matter much. Um, yeah, yeah, and then um, and then so there's a scene. It diverts to like their Quinn and um Quinn and friggin Quinn and Malcolm. They're birthing a lamb. And again, I mean, I think I can explain it away, but it's like, if these two are like two of the leaders of the cult, why are they doing the hard work, like birthing lambs? Surely being a cult leader, like the benefits is like making someone else do that stuff. But I think there's also, you can explain it away by being like, oh, well, they're trying to hide all the shit that's going on. Because the the lamb that's born is fucked. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty gruesome scene as well. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was quite. It's one of those things. It's like I, I can say I've never seen that before. I'm. Was it like? Was it? I'm not a vet. Was it stillborn? Because it was crying. But it had like. Or was it supposed to be? It was mutated. So it's like it's so it's. My guess, is that it's like it looked like it's esophagus, and then like maybe it's intestines or something. Where like. Not that maybe they either grew on the outside or like the skin didn't grow around them. I don't know. But like you could see them. Yeah. And then the lamb itself was black, but then that could have just been blood. Well, yeah, it was pretty gruesome. That was the that was the start of the gruesomeness, I feel. Like the guy yeah. getting murdered isn't super gruesome because it is that kind of thing of like, listen, if you've watched horror films, or you've watched like mafia films, you've watched any kind of film that has violence, you've seen a guy get his throat slit. Like if you've seen yeah. Sweeney Todd, you've seen a guy get his throat slit. But it's it is that kind of you know, having, seeing a lamb that's just, like, so grossly mutated and everything is that thing that's more sort of shocking, I guess. Yeah. No, that's true, yeah. It's, uh... And, you know, the Raid films are also very violent, and lots of those films are violent, so, you know, that's where it's coming from. And I love it. Yeah. It's great. It's also, like, you know... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's all physical effects, I think, or most of it is, and it feels real and, and, and yeah, yucky. And it's cool. yucky that's great it's yucky um, right. um yeah so then i, I kind of i guess yeah so like oh sorry yeah yeah. Right yeah that's what we just thought um, about. okay yeah so then kind of i guess again one of those sort of ironic um diversions next we're thinking so fion approaches yeah. um andrea who again just as a reminder is malcolm's daughter played by lucy boynton um she fiance like hey how would i know if i was pregnant this is i'm putting it into um common words she's like here how would i know if i was uh pregnant and and andrea's like well you'd need to be riding uh jeremy that's how you'd get pregnant and then she Fionn's says like, well, well tick <laughs> Fionn's like well guess what i've got me bitten off and andrea says no way that's mad and then Fionn's like, yeah, I think I'm pregnant. And, and Andrea's like, did you not use a condom? And Fionn's like, it's 1905, Andrea, I couldn't get one. They don't exist. Right, Bye. so um, <laughs> they have that conversation, which doesn't really yeah. lead to much, except that we know that Fionn is uh, pregnant. Thinking she's pregnant. <laughs> I mean, again, it's, My I think notes it's that say, kind of... The girl didn't have her period since winter, so she definitely preggers. What was wrong with me? <laughs> Did she say that? I, I must yeah, have missed says, that. 
Yeah, yeah. She's like, when was the last time you bled? Asks uh, Lucy Beyond. And then she's like, oh, okay. oh, somewhere around winter. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, Boy. I feel like there was no specific indication why she thought she was pregnant. Yeah. Like, we don't, there's no, like, you know, cl- like in, you know, so in like the classics, like the classic films, like like in Breaking Dawn, um, you know, like Bella, like, feels, you know, it's kind of puking. She's feeling weird, and that's how you know. Um, but we don't have the classic like discovering the symptoms scene. So you're just my intuition was just that it was like a stupid kid in 1905 yeah. being like, "I had a PP." That mean I preggy now. I have also, BP because that's not actually how the science. That's not how the science adds up. Well, that's, I you know. would I would disagree there, but okay, let's not get into that. <laughs> but anyways, the the scene like when they have sex. Um, it also feels to me like it's, it kind of feels like they don't do it often or it's like maybe their first time because the boy is like, like not sure or whatever. And she's like, oh, don't worry or whatever. And then she starts uh, writing him. But like, I, I was like, oh, so they do it regularly and he's still like being weird about it. I don't know. Maybe. It'd be Anyways. like that sometimes. I Who don't cares? know. Anyways, yeah, pregnant. it was hard to tell. He do be squeezing her booby. Uh, yeah. And you never do that, kids disgusting um yeah so then she's like oh i think i'm preggy and that's fine and then malcolm it cuts then to like the church and it's malcolm basically trying to find out who went out after the bell rang which we know is um thomas um and he like makes them all recite a verse of their bible thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and when it gets just before thomas the guy before him like tries to stab him tries to stab Malcolm yeah and then Thomas saves Malcolm with his butter knife and again who was that guy he was uh, uh an agent for the king i think because he says for the king or whatever once but he tries why? well i'm sure that you know it's 1905 so if you have a cult or you have anything that is not, you know, not that's not Christian religion, then they are blasphemers and they deserve to die. So oh, I'm not sure. really sure what the political situation is in, in Wales at the time, but I'm pretty sure that the king would be into fucking taking the cult down because they're blasphemers. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. So and they that don't happens. pay taxes, and- so... I think, again, that feels like a scene that didn't need to happen. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it was cool, I guess. The guy gets impaled. Um, but again, I, I don't really... I feel like that could have just been in the director's cut and like not in the actual movie. It didn't necessarily add anything. Um, it does add... It gives Thomas... And again, this is the thing. It doesn't give much meaning because it gives Thomas like a brief moment of Malcolm trusting him. Yeah. So like he um because he saved Malcolm, he um he get he he gets stabbed basically by the guy. Um and so Malcolm brings him back to his house to get Andrea to like save him. Um and he's like what did he say? He said um he, he like cuts his hand and he's he says some shit about when one of us he we he made you bleed by this knife, so I ain't gonna bleed by this knife. And then he's like, "I'm indebted to you, brother." Um, and then he like holds um Thomas's hand. Yeah. 
And but again, like yeah. even though that seems like it's something that's meaningful, it really just isn't. Well, it does kind of tie into the end of the film, I guess. But yeah, you're right. Like plot-wise, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, I feel like the thing is like, yeah, we'll get to it at the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that scene didn't need to be there. It wasn't a bad scene. It wasn't like poorly done. It's just, I don't think it added yeah. much. Um, but yeah, so then it, that happens. Yeah, and then they uh, and then they bring Jennifer out, right? Um, yeah, so they're saying that there's this woman who has broken the laws. Um she's like in they've got her they're either are they holding her or are they like dragging her through or do they have her i think they have her in a cart or something yeah yeah they, yeah, do. they have they're like a cart trying. they have like they have her in a cage and they take her around like in a little cartwheel and they scream shit about her being a traitor and yeah uh, they're trying yeah. to and they know that they know that the traitor they have or the, the intruder that they have is this person whoever's come to like save her so they're yeah. like basically trying to use her as bait to get that person to give themselves up yep. they start cutting some of her hair off um and then i wrote thomas takes the drops again no never mind he throws them what now question mark question mark question mark question mark well now is when his performance really starts to happen is it he lets he lets the cage out <laughs> <laughs> every actor has what's called their inner Nicolas Cage yeah their inner Nicolas Cage you um, just need to let it out <laughs> but yeah so she um, Jennifer's left just sitting out there um, by the morning like she, or she's not sitting she's like lying she, they've just left yeah. her lying on the ground um, and then it cuts to Fionn trying to find out if she's pregnant and now, by looking at her vagina so I so I've had pregnancy scares and this is not this is not the method I use she gets a hand mirror <laughs> she gets a hand mirror and she just looks at her vagina well, I want to know enough, I want to know how that makes you know if you're pregnant uh, That's ni- it's 1905 so I, I'm not sure there's any way you can find out if you're pregnant did uh, they think that she, I want to know what the logic was did they think that she would look and the baby would be crowning maybe she's just at looking like at her vagina weeks? to see if it's pretty it's, it's so it's important good. listen girls girls and, and folks with vaginas it's important to look at your vagina, get to know her. Um, but I don't think you should probably buy a pregnancy test or like go see a doctor. Um, now I know this wasn't an option for Fion. I'm just saying, please don't use this film as reference for sexual health. Thank you. Or, or um, for anything else, really, in your everyday yeah. life. And then I wrote, creepy lad watching her. Turns out it's his dad. <laughs> I mean, it's her dad. Um, so I guess her, I guess it's, her dad it's, is it's probably the most awkward yeah. fucking scene, and I guess it's it comical. makes sense. It's like funny because he stands on like it's funny. It's in in the sense of like it's not funny. It's kind of a grueling scene, but like he stands on a board, um, because he's watching her like it's an outhouse because it's nineteen oh five, um, so he like steps backwards on a board and the board creaks and then he's like fuck, um. And then I wrote, oh, I think it's her da. Um, and then he's just standing there like, fuck, what do I do? Um, and she's like, ah! Um, and he walks away. And you're like watching this film and you're like, what was that? I'm like, what did she see? Did she see a baby? What is happening? I want to understand. What's happening? And it turns um, out it is a buildup of some sort, but it's, I don't think it's very well done. I don't think so. I don't think they fought it through. Like, was he, was there something else going on there? Like, again, what's happening? 
Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So then, anyway, so we 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 cut. There's like a. So the first thing we get in the next scene is like there's a child giggling and basically the kids are like torturing. And I mean, torturing's kind of a strong word, but it is still sort of torture. Um, they're like bothering Jennifer, yeah. who's just like sitting there and she's just crying. Yeah, it's just um, a bunch then, of kids that they're yeah they're they're hitting her and then cutting her hair and yeah generally treating but her Andrea. Like she- Andrea's nice and she brings her over food and a blanket and she's like away from her can't we at least afford this woman her dignity um so she's a nice lady but it's 1905 so women have no dignity anyway yeah exactly and then she yeah she does then like spit on um Jennifer and say you're not allowed to vote and neither am I and so she's then she spits on herself spits on herself yeah. And the uh, the guy who's sitting next to it, uh, next to them stands up and starts clapping. Yeah. He says, "Are you then... two on your period?" <laughs> then, Am I right? And then cuts to Gareth Evans, uh, sitting in a in a studio and saying, "Don't you just miss the good old times?" And they credits roll. <laughs> Don't you miss the times when men could be men and women could be objects? <sighs> Life's hard. Um, I keep playing. I don't know if you played um this Jackbox game. It Jackbox Jackbox game. <laughs> it's um what's it called? It's like you write jokes. It's called Joke Boat or something. It's very stressful. Um, but you're supposed to write jokes and you're kind of given the formula. Like you're given. It's sort of like you do Mad Lib. So like you're given a thing and it's like write an object, write a noun, write a this, write a that, mm-hmm. write a food. And then those things are like given out and people write jokes out of them. But anyway, when every time I get object, every time it's like write an object, I want to I want to write woman as a like joke to myself because I'm like a woman a, a woman is an object. But then but then um that like that's not how the it would be communicated, so it wouldn't work. Just thought you would appreciate it. I guess not. Oh, I appreciate it. It's great. I never played That's fine. We don't game, have but... to We don't have to be friends anymore. It's fine. I don't mind. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe that's for the best. Yeah. Oh, fuck. We should probably finish this episode, though. Yeah, maybe just to kind of... Yeah. For uh, continuity's sake. All right. So next, uh, yeah, they, they, they torture the, the woman. And then next thing I have is the night of the celebrate celebrating celebration night of the celebration. Uh, They just do a night of the celebration because Malcolm wants to invade people's rooms and look for shit to see if they're the traitor. So they do a celebration night and get everybody out. Um, Yeah, and Dan Stevens uh, goes for it (laughs) because he's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they they find in Thomas's room. They find he he like drawn in a map, um, yeah. when he had gone out that night. So he'd like marked off where Malcolm's room was, and yeah. they find that map. So then, yeah. you and know, they're like, they're, "Oh, like, it's he... him." Yeah, and you're watching um, it, and you're like, "Finally, then... this film starts." <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. This is where the so this is where the film starts. It's like um, halfway the opening the credits film. actually start here. Yeah. Uh, it, at this point, it pops up and it says, "A film by Gareth Evans." Um, and it's crazy. This is uh, you, you're laughing, but this is like honestly what what Mandy does, for example. It's like forty minutes of film, and then it cuts to like a big, big ass fucking Mandy title screen. It's great. Oh wow! That's this is like awesome. an hour of film. It's like an hour and twenty minutes of film. This is when this happens. Yeah, that's true. It's just like halfway through. The um, film. So, anyways, yeah. So they know yeah. it's Thomas. In the meantime, Thomas is using the little boy. 
Let, okay, now let me take that again. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Thomas <laughs> and uh, Thomas, Thomas is fucking Jeremy <laughs> in a boat. <laughs> and Jeremy's like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And Thomas is like, No, don't worry, it's all good. He's like, You can't get pregnant. You can't You're get infertile. Pregnant. Yeah. Um, no, that's not what happens. Then Thomas and Jeremy <laughs> go and. Uh, infiltrate the basement and by that i mean they actually that's not a code word they actually infiltrate the basement i don't mean anything else mm-hmm. by infiltrate the basement they go to house of malcolm yeah. and they try to sneak in to get to the basement thing that malcolm went for earlier so that thomas can see what's going on yeah so yeah so at that point that happens and then frank comes and like um pulls so they they're they've basically kind of worked out they're like oh fuck thomas thomas has probably gone yeah. to malcolm's basement like yeah. i said they infiltrate the basement um and then frank kind of rushes there and he sees jeremy is like outside the um basement and he just like pushes him away he's like get out of here but yeah so i think that's kind of the point where we realize because again the relationships in the film are very much not clear but this is when you realize that like oh okay so jeremy is frank's son which is why he's like let him away with it because he doesn't want him to get in trouble um because he's a nice dad yeah, um it's cool yeah it's nice um so yeah so, and then thomas goes into the basement and it's a scary corridor uh, and that's when i start writing in caps lock and i say scary lady gone eat him <laughs> because i guess i'm excited about the film now yeah i wrote um so at this point what i wrote was in and you can read this in the voice of jono um, I I wrote, Jesus, this film is fierce long. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I wrote, the spooky woman appear and she chasing Thomas. She makes yeah. scary noise. Yeah, who basically said who the needs, same thing? Yeah, it's who like needs to formulate it's a very properly. classical kind of horror scene, which actually this film doesn't have that many of. But this is like mm. pure kind of you know horror thing. And it's it's pretty good. It's pretty effective, I think. It's kind of cool. It looks nice. Yeah, it's cool. uh, it, it's not. It doesn't feel digital. It feels claustrophobic. It's like a wet tunnel he's going through, and it's a wet lady he's chasing going, him. He's what? What? He's going through a wet tunnel. Yeah. Jeremy would know a thing or two about that, but I'm. I also said scary drawings on wall. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote I wrote um underground tribal markings. Yeah. So yeah, and then I've written woman from this is the point <laughs> this is the point where a lot of question marks happen when I get confused by film when we're doing the podcast I write question marks beside everything where I'm yeah. like I guess this is what's happening. Um so there's like a woman from whom a tree has grown question mark. So there's a spooky lady and she seems to be like the roots of a tree, like the roots of a tree are growing out of yeah. her. Um, and Malcolm is there and he's like, you showed yourself to him. Why? He's not to be trusted. He won't worship you as I. That's called gaslighting, folks. Uh, yeah, so that lady is the god that they're uh, worshipping. That kind of yeah, yeah. gives life to the land and, she, and, and shit like that. Yeah, and he blo- pours blood for her. like fr- So he cuts his wrist. Um, yeah. And he pours, or his hand or whatever, and he pours blood out of his body and feeds yeah. it to her. Yeah. Um, 
And then he says, no more shall you poison our crop. I swear you shall starve lest you give us pure harvest. Um, and then you see there in the, like the, his blood sacrifice has like made the tree come back to life. So it's like going more green and it's getting more like yeah. alive. I think there's flowers. I don't know. Yeah. So, so with the blood, it kind of seems to grow again, even though the lady doesn't seem, seem to want blood at first. And then once it starts pouring down on her, she seems to be into it, but she seems kind of reluctant to the blood. At yeah. First. I think it's, it's that sort of, it's the element of like being resistant to the thing because of what like it means or what it stands for but also like needing yeah. it all right there's a hive boy there's a, a guy hive boy with a beehive on his head is that what it is i don't know what it is but to me it looks like he's got a beehive on his head <laughs> it does i thought it would look more like rope like a rope tied and tied and tied and then in some way like secured i call him hive boy <laughs> i i called him bloodied person well mine is his, like, funnier and more fun chest is all bloody we go Fuck with up. mine because mine is um, more fun we, we call him okay hive so boy. hive boy hive boy um can we call him so hives bees can we call him um jerry seinfeld yes yes oh my god i was like what's his name i was like seinfeld i'm glad we were on the same wavelength <laughs> can, <laughs> can we call him um Oh my god, what's his name? Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry. I just said it. His name is Jerry, right? Jerry, Jerry, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld. Can we call him Jerry Seinfeld? I, I just said it, yes. No, can we call him that? Can we call um, Hive Boy Jerry Seinfeld? Yes, Jerry Seinfeld. So okay, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. Okay, so Jerry Seinfeld also... hangs up a body bag. He's, um, a, he's a sack man. He's got some sack man. It's sack man. Yeah, he's like. They're back. It's like sack boy. Yeah. Um, he hangs up a body bag. The the body in it is still alive. It's, it is Jennifer, pretty much. Um, yeah. And after this, I have written, this film is mad long. <laughs> You're saying the same <laughs> thing again. Well, the thing is, again. at this point in the film, I start, well, it starts, like, I don't really mind because it gets exciting, but also, yeah. I don't know where people are. <laughs> like, the, 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 the geography of the island is really confusing mm, to me. That's and fake. I'm not sure where is what, how much distance is there between places and people are in different places and they keep running into each other or getting to each other. And it's all very confusing. So It is. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Which you can you can understand why Thomas had to make a map. It's very confusing. Um and then So then at some point Andrea, we learned that Andrea is Malcolm's daughter, which again was never made super clear. And then, so at this point, and I didn't really write down who this conversation happened between, so that's grand. Um, I think it's Andrea and Thomas. Andrea says, what happened to you? And I wrote, my face? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, I thought that was what he said. But then I said, oh, I think he said my faith. So it sounds like he said my face is what happened to him, but I think he said my faith. Yeah. F-A-I-T-H. Um, and then it cuts to like a flashback and there's like burning crosses and it's like got fire. This awesome fucking upside down shot. I love upside down shots. Yeah, it it's starts pretty cool. With an upside down shot with an upside down cross burning and then it flips around to the other side and I'm like, oh, yes, it's so please. Good. Yes, ah. it's amazing. Um, 
and there's just like lots of violence and fire. And then I've written, and this is what I have to assume, um, I've written was Thomas a priest. Yeah, he I'm was assuming like a, he, he was, was a missionary, so he went to a mission. Yeah, uh, to spread Christianity to some sort of Asian country. I don't know, and they yeah. basically murdered everybody. <laughs> yeah, and he's praying. So I wrote Thomas praying. So he's just praying, and then I wrote Asian cult, bit racist, like. Yeah, it's a um, bit racist. <laughs> I don't like, know why they had I to mean, be it's Asian. Not, okay, I mean, I, I'm sure that's what happened a lot, probably. Like, I mean, you you yeah. go and try to spread a I faith feel like in just... a land that doesn't want the faith, and yeah, I'm sure stuff like that happened. I'm sure it happened in lands like Asia, where they yeah. had a whole different religious system for centuries. So, mm-hmm. sure, it just comes off kind of weird because those are the only, it for sh- uh, yeah, people of other Asian race than white in the film, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely. I think there's. I think there's a black man in the film. Is there? Yeah, I think there is. Um, Where? But in in ma- at mass at some point. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, it's it is. It's one of those things. Like obviously, naturally, I'm sure that happened in Asian countries. I'm sure it happened in African countries. It happened in you know European countries. It happened in all different countries. Yeah. But it. it you know what, Gareth? You didn't have to <laughs> have to make this the Asian representation in your fam- in your film. It did not need to be the Asian representation in the film. Yeah, but that's anyway, true. I agree. With um, Anyways, they, cool so shot. What they do is um, they I they say brand a quick thing. the crucifix on his back. Yeah, they do. They brand a crucifix on his back, and um, yeah, this is where kind of the Wicker Man thing comes in again. The Wicker Man is about a a very devoted Christian man coming to a cult. You know. It's about a, a a guy who's very Christian and comes to a place where, you know, women run around naked and sing songs and everybody seems to be into sex. And he's like, what is this? You know, he's very mad about it and stuff like that. And this is, you know, a man losing his faith coming to a cult. So it's kind of interesting. And I think it does play around with this a little bit because in some ways, I guess this film is about Thomas kind of regaining his faith while Wicker Man was about a man losing his faith. <laughs> In a very, very, <laughs> very particular way. Um, yeah, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and then, yeah, and like like you said, like, this is kind of where the film gets interesting, I guess. Um, so he says, because at this point, this is when I start writing down dialogue because I like the line. Whereas at the start of the film, I like the yeah. dialogue really like means nothing. Um, but he says the promise of the divine is but an illusion. Nothing in this world is pure except for Jennifer, my sister. Um, and then he said something like, as for God, he left me, left all of us to suffer. And then I wrote, Andrea thinks her dad isn't a murderer. Yikes. But the, the weird thing is, again, so it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like, um, so Thomas is like this vagrant kind of looking guy at the start. And I'm like, but then I don't understand why that translated in like why him being a prophet or not prophet, why him t- being a mission translated into him being a vagrant. Like, I don't get it. I don't well, get the association. I mean, or is it because he gets destroyed by the cult and he comes back dirty, but then for some reason that made his dad ashamed. Like, I don't really understand. Yeah. Well, I- I'm sure I he never loses his faith like when he goes to the mission and that terrible thing happens which pretty much looks like a yeah it looks like they wanted to murder everybody on that mission but he somehow gets out um 
So yeah, I'm sure when he comes back, it's kind of like his whole life is in ruin because the thing he mm. was living for turns out to be yeah, something that that led to death and, and suffering. Yeah. So I'm I sure guess, yeah, it's sense. not an easy thing to go through and then I don't know exactly what happens with the dad and I think it's kind of you know, left a little bit uh, vague, mm-hmm. but you know, there's probably something going on there in terms of, I don't know, maybe the dad was not into him, like, you know, not being into Christianity anymore. You know, that's a probably a very normal thing that happened back then. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, cool. Yeah, okay. So then Fionn tells Jeremy that she's pregnant. And then Jeremy's like, oh, I actually have to go. <laughs> He's like, that's crazy, but I've got to go. And she's yeah. like, ah. but... <laughs> And then um, no, he's into it. He likes it. They gay, gay. They kissy, and um, yeah. But he plan- still has to go. <laughs> well, yeah, but they plan like they they're like they're planning to go away together, right? So he's like, "Hey, escape with me, and we'll go somewhere else because nobody here is gonna accept this." And she's yeah. Like, so basically, yeah, because they're not married. Because his his he's already escaping. So basically, Frank and Jeremy yeah. are escaping. Yeah. Um. Which is why, like, Jeremy's like, I have to go. But he's like, yeah. you know, I want you to come with me, et cetera, et cetera. Because yeah. they've, like, talked about all these things they're going to build. He, we'd, we'd seen him, like, carving a cute little sign that said hope um, for their house, I guess. Um, but, yeah, and then Fionn's dad watches, like, Jeremy leave, I guess. And then runs in to come front, confront um, Fionn. And she's, like, packing a case, obviously, to leave. Yeah, and then so the dad's name is Quinn, who's one of the other like leaders of the cult, yeah. founders of the cult, whatever. He like yeah. throws Fionn on the ground, um, and then it cuts to like Frank, who's running away from the island. So it's sort of interesting because it shows like Quinn, who's again one of the founders, like going deeper and deeper into the cult, um, kind of mindset and really like being detrimental to himself and to his family and to his own interests um yeah it shows him diving into that by like confronting fion while frank is like actively running away and leaving the cult and what it stands yeah. for to try and save and bringing his son to try and save his family more what he has left of his family yeah. um and yeah so then frank runs away and then he says I, I don't know who he says this to. I didn't really write it. He, he said, we have a god in chains poisoning us from the inside out. I think he's talking to Malcolm. Don't they have like a little talk I, by the yeah, boat? I think so. And again, it's that yeah. thing where like Malcolm isn't like not letting him go. He's more just like, I don't like he doesn't necessarily want him to leave. But it's yeah. again, not that classic cult thing of like, you can't leave. I'll kill you. Um, yeah. And yeah, so then it cuts back to Quinn who is like, you have no idea what monstrosity grows inside of you. It'll kill you. Because I think we learned a bit earlier that Fionn's mother died in childbirth. So there's, you know, that makes sense. Um, And then Quinn takes up a knife and it's kind of like he's indicating he's going to like perform an abortion. Um, But then he just kills Fionn. Well, I think he... In the process. I mean, I am, yeah, I guess in the process. I guess there's something about him trying to actually... Or like I don't know, he cut, cuts her vagina open or something. Like I don't know, he definitely starts doing something in that region with the knife. I think yeah, uh, I think it's his, it's her stomach because yeah, when it like when whatever. it shows her 
on the ground. I think there's like a slit. Yeah. Like down her stomach. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he, I mean, he kills her because he's so this not is the a moment doctor. in the film. So this is the moment in the film where I'm like, okay, well that's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> You know, it's like, it's about where it's like, you know, we have this film about, you know, a cult and, and pagan rituals and stuff like that. I'm like, well, all right, you just murdered a, a pregnant lady and made like, you know, her father uh, murdered her uh, and stuff. And it's getting really, really gruesome. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm not, not 100% sure about this. This seems very serious to me, even though it's like pretty mm-hmm. cool shot. Still, it's well shot. And it's like, you know. And stuff, but I'm like, huh, I don't know, I don't know. It's just kind of like I'm on the verge of being like, maybe I'm not into this film. But then Jeremy comes in. <laughs> but I think it's also one thing that's interesting about it is it's coupling, it's coupling like the ideology of a cult, while also showing that like alongside the ideology of like 1905. Yeah, you know, so sure. it's like, you know, this if nowadays, like if a girl got pregnant early and her dad was like nah I mean, you have to abort it or something like that you know it would be it would be approached so differently and I mean obviously <laughs> but like you Hopefully. know it's, <laughs> I hope so um, but yeah it's just like it's kind of showing like with a cult if that happened it would more so be a case you would think maybe again hope that like in a modern cult there'd be this thing of like oh this is something that happens, but like in the beliefs of our cult, we don't like it. So you're going to be kicked out now. You're shunned. Whereas this is like, well, this is the ideology both of like the time while also like being in a cult setting. Yeah. And so it's like, you can't have the baby. I kill you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is definitely, definitely, it's like a bit much. Um, But I don't, I didn't find it damaged it, I guess, too much for me. Like I didn't feel like, oh, fuck, this is all it. Because again, it's sort of, I don't know, it's important for the, not important, but like it's very much a big part of like the downfall of the character of Quinn. It's like well, us being introduced to him and immediately he's terrible. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there, we. it's not really a downfall. He just suddenly appears in this film and suddenly it's like, this terrible thing happens and now he is the bad boy <laughs> because he did that <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. But then Jeremy comes in <laughs> <laughs> and and sees what's going on and he's a bit like oh that's a bit much so he's got my re- reaction uh mm-hmm. but quinn is like this is your fault you did that it's your yeah. fucking fault he said you put your seed inside my beautiful angel i had no choice yeah i hate that and then he tries to put the whole thing on him and he's like yeah they have a fight and like Jeremy, and I mean Jeremy puts up a good fight, and he like slits Quinn's throat a bit, and then it's pretty yeah, awesome Quinn fight. kind of it's good, it's a good fight, it's filmed pretty well and everything, um. But yeah, so Quinn like gets out of the house quicker, um, and immediately starts blaming it on Jeremy. Um, he says the boy killed her. He needs to be purified. Yeah. And then there's a really great. So then it's um. It's them basically chasing. So Jeremy makes a run for it and they're like chasing him and there's a really great aerial shot of them like the chase kind of happening. It's like a chase through like yeah. fields of some sort and it just looks great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so they, he screams that the boy needs to be purified and I don't know, there's some sort of discussion about, you know, not being able to do that when Malcolm's not around but then Quinn's like, I don't care, we do it anyway because it's just tradition or whatever and they they get up around and they do this thing 
and it's basically a a, a clan meeting. They they wear big hoods, uh, but they're black, not white. Uh, they're like KKK hoods. Yeah, but it's very similar though. And mm-hmm. um, basically, what they're doing <laughs> is they're gonna drill into <laughs> young Jeremy's head. In the meantime, somehow they capture fucking uh the lady and dan stevens i don't know they're in a field mm-hmm. i don't know why andrea andrea and thomas they've yeah, gone to a field because they've discovered thomas so andrea's like found him a safe place i don't know um but yeah and then it's in the middle of the field yeah it's like oh, no one will find you here <laughs> this is a top secret field nobody knows about but me and jerry um, runs there like straight into there yeah he's, he's like oh it's it. the field <laughs> um but yeah, so then we have a horrible... So they catch Jeremy and we've got excruciating next few shots where it's like we're... It's, we have, it's being filmed from Jeremy's point of view. And like, so he's got a class... He's got a claspy thing put on his head. When I say clasp, that is a loose term. He's got like two iron things at the side of his head and they're like twisting it and it's like pushing his head. It's moving his head. So we, we like... The camera moves as though he's like t- turning his head as yeah. the thing twists, his his vision goes blurry and his hearing goes super muffled. Um and then as it goes more, like there's like red goes across his vision and it's excruciating. It's amazing, it's great. It's yeah, it's um, amazingly done, but also excruciating. But I mean it is that I'm kind like... of thing where it's like, how can you make because it's already an excruciating scene if they showed it from any other point of view. But it's like making it that bit more excruciating. But in the, in the way that I almost feel like is more, while it seems like it's more visceral, it's like more effective than it would be if they just showed us. Because if they just showed us them twisting it, it would be that element of being like, this is just torture porn. Like they're yeah. just twisting it and we're just watching it. Whereas with this, it's like, oh God, you're like there feeling, not feeling it, but like almost feeling the way he's feeling. And yeah. seeing it from that point of view, it's, it's so good. Uh, I'd say it's still torture porn, but st- sure. Um, it's, not as know. I. I feel like it's not as I feel like it's not as visceral though because it's not showing it. It's like making you experience it rather than showing it, which to me I mean, is just like more clever way of doing it. I mean, it. even like you know, comparing it to other torture porn films, this is still pretty gruesome in terms of yeah, like the the thing they have is like yeah, they're clasping his head and they have like a drill that they're drilling into his head. And they, they drill it into his head so that he has like a massive hole in his head. And then they put a, like a rose petal inside. To yeah, is that what that it. was? I don't know. It's like a little flowery thing, whatever. And they put it into his head and they're like, you're purified now. And well, they're dead. But also anyways, fucking dead. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so they basically, in a very classic torture porn kind of way, they show you the beginning of the drill coming into the head, right? And then they cut away, and then you just hear the terrible noise, right? It's very similar, like when we talked about the loved ones and the drill or something like that, right? Um, mm-hmm. You have the sound and stuff like that, so it's like you just feel the terribleness of it while it's happening, mm-hmm. which is a classic, you know, torture porn kind of saw thing. Um, and it's worse because it's a manual, because it's nineteen oh five, yeah. So it's a manual drill. It's like it's a thing, and just, it's yeah, and it's also like been particularly made for this purpose. It almost looks yeah because it's like a it's like a big cone with like spikes and then there's the drill yeah but then once they stop drilling you actually see the bit (laughs) of his head on the drill (laughs) and the big ass (sighs) fucking hole 
and it's the hair and the hair and everything and it's really really gruesome it's like yeah it's it's above a lot of the stuff you would see in things like that um i think um so yeah quite quite explicit very well made uh Mm -hmm. practical effects they actually killed that guy they actually like that's how that's guy. how they achieved it. They had to kill that guy. It's so but sad. You know what? It was worth it. It was worth it because they I had only a good time. they only had one take, but it worked out. They got it in one. Thank God. Otherwise, they were going to um, kill the stunt double. Yeah, hard. this is where um, I'm really excited about the film again. But like, it's you know, it's like the the film does a really terrible thing with the abortion scene thing, and then. In, like instead of this being a one-off the film is like okay uh, you know we, we did that now we have to commit it <laughs> we commit to it we just did like this really terrible thing on the, in this film and that that terrible thing changes the trajectory of the whole thing like we now have a new mm-hmm. bad you know new evil character he's the main bad guy forget about malcolm uh everything kind of starts getting blurry and chaotic and stuff like that but at least you know i feel like the film acknowledges what it did and it's like well, that's what we're doing now. So we're going to do it and we're going to do it. So they do lots of good stuff, in. lots of awesome stuff. And just, yeah, the, f- from here till the end of the film, this is basically now just, uh, yeah, just kind of 40 minutes of, of of bloody action, <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. much. Yes. Um, it's pretty great. Yeah, and it's quite, <laughs> but, and we have, yes, yeah, so like they do that and it's, cursed and then frank arrives back and it's like the scene in harry potter and the goblet of fire where he's like my boy and he cries over the corpse um and then <laughs> and then quinn i guess at that yeah, point Mal- thomas is also there quinn tells malcolm to kill thomas and then andrea's like please do not be who i fear you have become what happens next so there's that and then there's like a whole there's gun stuff um Thomas sees spooky lady in the forest again. Frank gets shot by um by Jerry Seinfeld. Um then Frank because Frank is basically chasing Thomas and then Frank gets shot by Jerry Seinfeld and like comes out and he says something like burn it all down, I think to um Thomas and then Quinn fires a gun at Jerry Seinfeld. It seems to not do anything. Um, Quinn shoots Malcolm. He falls into the trap door. Um, then we go down. We're down in like the spooky layer, and it seems like Jer- Jeremy's body has already been like half eaten. Um, then Jerry Seinfeld puts a fun, and we never get any explanation as to who Jerry Seinfeld is. Yeah, by Jerry the way. Seinfeld is a mystery, that just like in real is life. possibly the worst part. That might be the worst part about the whole film. Who is he? I want to know. Um, See, I love that. He, I I want no more no, information I want to know. about Jerry Seinfeld. No, I want to know. I want um, him to just be there. That's perfect. Well, fuck you. Um, so he puts like a funnel in the tree lady's mouth and pours, I think, guts in, down it. I'm not really sure. And again, yeah. it's like she kind of doesn't want him to initially. She's like pushing it away. Um, when he tries to put the funnel in her mouth, but then like once it's there, she's like, "Yeah, tasty." Um. She says, that is so nice. Thank you so much, Jerry. And he says, you want some jazz? <laughs> I regret starting this bit. I regret it. <laughs> I'm the one who was actually also trying to start it. Because I also meant Jerry Seinfeld. Um, 
which is this, the fact that we both went to Jerry Seinfeld really distresses me and I think we need to cancel the podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Tom then gets Jer- Jeremy. Tom gets Jennifer out of the body bag and then we kind of learn that the dad had told everyone that Tom was dead. Um, she's like, they told me you were dead and he's like, to him I was. Um, and then he gets hit over the head and Jennifer's taken away again. So it's like, fucking sick. And at this point, this point was one of the worst bits. So we're again, we're at, they do really good like POV shots where it's like the point of yeah. view of someone who's like just been hit over the head. It's like blurry, it's sideways, it's so good. If you think about, you know, sideways, like vertical shots in films, like I cannot think of a good, ver- like, you know, how do you do it? It's like, it's it's like, it, 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 it's like if you took a mobile phone and did a vertical shot, right? It looks like Yeah, it looks shit. like a, it, yeah, Usually. but it somehow works. It works. It's really good. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, so then at this point, what gets me about this scene the most is the music that's playing is so disconcerting. It's such a like skewed, it's so skewed. It's like, it, it's kind of, there's kind of minor, it's kind of major. It's just so fucked that your brain is like, Ugh. I did like, not I notice the music that. That's great though. I find the music so disconcerting. Um, uh, I have a note like as well. Um, uh, Dan Stevens runs funny. <laughs> he has just been hit over the head. Uh, I, I think it's before where he runs before. I mean, yeah, he had, he gets he gets a lot of abuse in this film, but at some point I was like, <laughs> loser, loser, um, <laughs> successful actor, handsome man, loser, kissed Emma Watson, ha, fucking nerd. What? Um, Emma Watson plays Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, sorry. yeah. Um, I haven't seen that film. Uh, I could not be fucking bothered. I think I watched it. It's one of those films I watched on a plane. Um, I also watched the live action Aladdin on the plane. The live action Aladdin, I think, is kind of good. It's got a good song. It's got a good new song. Anyway, um, <laughs> the <laughs> they <laughs> so the what happened next? Oh yeah, and then so at this All point, right. Andreas was praying, and then Tom is being brought like through. Jerry Seinfeld's like trying to wheel him through this grinder thing. Yeah, which is fucking awesome. Um, it's so cool. I'm assuming to be like to make him easier to eat for the yeah. tree goddess. Yeah. Um, and then his fingers get grinded off, and then he escapes that way because he's like tied by his hands. So he's like, yeah. ah. And then they have like a little fight, um, where they're trying to each trying to put each other into the grinder. Yeah, they have yeah. stabbing. Blah, blah, blah. So then awesome. Tom gets free. He manages to fuck up Jerry Seinfeld and then he goes over to the tree lady and she just says how I've waited for you my son and he falls onto his knees and then she touches his temples and then I said I guess he becomes hypnotized Um, no she shows him what happened yeah you see it wasn't super clear that's what was happening I think Um, she was kind of giving him the understanding like of what's going on because we see a flashback of like that also doesn't explain much of like Malcolm and, and them like finding her in the woods <laughs> and being like, oh. yeah, and it's like, all oh, right, that makes sense. They saw her and they said, oh, she make she make crap good. Yeah, at this point in time, though, like I, I have to say, like you know, the the film is exciting me because of like the the the, the cinematography and the gore and the fun stuff. So. You know, I'll take the dialogue scene, but I'm kind of waiting for it to go back to fucking shooting things. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so then she says, free me, my child. And he throw he gets like a lantern that has a candle on it and he throws it uh, at the branches yeah. around the lady and then the branches, you know, the flames engulf her and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Then at some point, and again, this is something that there's not a super amount of information around. Um, there's like bodies hanging on treetops. It's, and I'm like, yeah. did they grow out of the trees, or are they were they hung up there? So I think this is Quinn saying this. He says she's no god; she's just a machine. You feed her, and she delivers. And yeah. then he says, Malcolm, he was soft when the blood of the animal stopped working. He tried to feed her himself. He fell victim, and he fell victim to faith. He would have let us all starve instead of doing what needed to be done. Instead of feeding her what she needed to be fed. Yeah. So basically, um, like Malcolm, the, initially they were feeding her like the blood of animals and stuff, and that's not working, um, yeah. for the crops. So they, I guess, started doing human sacrifice, or they, yeah, no, they started the doing the bloodletting. Like, I think it's just like she constantly needs more, and by needs more means she needs sort of blood of animals, blood of humans, and then blood of humans like more and more and more and more for it to still work. I guess. Yeah, and it kind of indicates then the next thing I think indicates that she needs like fresh. Yeah humans so basically Quinn says that he's gonna rape Andrea and Jennifer and that he'll then feed the lady the fetuses that they produce which is so explicit that I legitimately laughed really? because yeah. I was like this is <laughs> and I mean the way he the way he puts it is not as blatant as that it's in you know 1905 English um, I mean, but that's pretty what he blatant. It, no, the way he's yeah like the way he says it he just doesn't say it in those exact words but the you yeah. know he doesn't he doesn't like leave any um it's not up to your imagination it's like yeah it's not like he uses a metaphor he just yeah he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he refers to is... the fetuses as being ripe he's like when they're ripe it's such a crazy <laughs> thought it's such a crazy idea and <laughs> it's so so terrible that i don't know i just i don't think you can treat it seriously in any way i'm just like <laughs> yeah I mean the thing I think it's one of those this is another part of the film that just is part of the reason why I find it so wild that like there's pretty high profile people in it high profile I'm using loosely but they are somewhat high profile like it's quite a I would consider it the fact that it's on Netflix and distributed by Netflix it's a mainstream enough film and it's super explicit yeah, yeah. it's you know and it's I mean it's and I think it's good to see Netflix doing that like they're not just trying to be like cookie cutter like trying to appeal to like really specific boxes and always appealing in that specific way you know they're i guess branching out a little bit well just like the spooky lady i think netflix um has always been like that because because they don't have to care about box office really so if they're doing a film with like a notor or somebody you know who's who's doing their own stuff they they're pretty notorious for just giving them you know a free hand to do whatever they want so a lot of those films you know they're they're pretty explicit or they're pretty out there and you know a lot of people did their films and on netflix that were you know they're weird films like you know remember when mute came out that guy from moon did mute and uh nobody liked it and i haven't seen it but i've heard that this film has a very prominent pedophilia thing going on in it and I was like, okay, and yeah. I, I, I don't think Netflix really cares about stuff like that. So when Gareth Evans comes to them and he's like, "Hey, I got this idea for all these terrible things to happen in the film," that's like, "Yeah, great, sure, you made the raid, we trust you," and they <laughs> made they and and they just allow and him to do it. it, and he did it, yeah. <laughs> 
And you know what? Yeah. Fucking, I, I, I respect that. He, that, that's what I mean when they're when I say they're committed to the bit. They're like, they kind of realize that Quinn, you know, he's not there for half the film, and now he's supposed to be the main guy. And you're like, you don't really know what's going on. So they're just like, you know, we're just gonna make him say the most, the, the most terrible things, and just do the most terrible things too. It's just like he's the most terrible guy. So you kind of get it, right? We, we're gonna murder him, and you're gonna enjoy it. Here's why. <laughs> It's going to be great. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, pretty yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, so at this point, he's basically, Quinn's like, haha, I'm going to leave. Um, and then he turns around and he sees he sees the place where the lady lives burning. So I guess then at that point, he's like, oh, wait. So, wait, so at ne- so she's going to be gone. Oh, okay. So then what he like What do I do shoots. with the fetus, yeah. Yeah, he's like, what do I do with the fetuses I'm going to have? Um... So then he, I guess, shoots the wall above the two. Because the girls are, like, chained to the wall. He shoots the wall above them, and I guess that makes a fire, because old-timey guns. Yeah, that's Um, pretty funny, too. Yeah, so that happens, and then they're like, ah. And then he turns around, he's like, haha, I am so smart. He turns around, and he just walks into, um, it's very um, Chicago cell block tango. He walks into Thomas's knife. Yeah. Um, Pretty great. Yeah. And... They have a pretty pretty gruesome fight again. Dan Stevens An incredibly gets, gruesome fight. Dan Stevens Fucked. gets like uh stabbed in the belly repeatedly in the side. Mm. <laughs> he does. Like he really should have died right there and then. And that's not even the end, I think, of the terrible things that happened. No, it's not. So yeah, that's the not it's not the terrible the, the end. So yeah, they that happens. Him and Thomas and Quinn are fighting. Uh and then Andrea, because you need a woman to say, oh, I stab my nose. You need a woman to save the day. Um, Andrea hits Quinn over the head. So they have basically, Thomas shot the chain to kind of loosen it, I guess, from the wall. So they pull it down. Um, they, they By the time they pull it down, they get over. Andrea hits Quinn over the head with it. Um, and he's still kind of alive. Um, but so then they, Andrea wraps the chain around Quinn's neck and her and Jennifer are like pulling it um, yeah. to pull him up forward and while they're doing that there's a knife in his chest so while they're pulling him away Thomas holds on to the knife which then goes down Quinn's chest yeah Um, and at that point Andrea is all of us and she's just like ugh it's for great <laughs> yeah Um, and that's, oh, that's no, kind I'm of just it like, but, I'm but just like in... fucking you know I'm clapping I'm like fuck yeah go on <laughs> go on Andrea and at that some point, yeah, so at some point Thomas's throat got slit by Quinn. Um, yeah. That's sort of the last of what happens to him. So then Thomas is like, the boat's waiting for you. And then Jennifer's like, for all of us. But Thomas, my next note says, Thomas is in bits. Yeah. And um, so they're like running like... and Thomas is like holding his intestines in almost. They're just like <laughs> running. And then Thomas is basically like, you should, you should leave me behind. Like, I can't feel my legs or nothing. Um, and then he said. He's and suddenly I really Irish he in was the film, in, yeah. He he's like yeah, you know what this performance really needs is a little bit of an Irish accent at the end, which is a it's just the most yeah. Nicholas Cage thing to do ever. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a definitely it's a choice, and I think it works, and he's gonna get an Oscar retroactively for it. Um, yeah, he's like the world has taken so much from me, but in all my pain, even in my darkest days, I swore it would never take you. Now go, and then I wrote, Thomas dies in peace, I guess. And then Andrea and Jennifer get in the boat. A big scream happens. The wall explodes with blood and fire into the sea. Awesome. Malcolm walks up behind Thomas, who is actually still alive. Um, 
and they kind of like exchange a smile or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're like and then because they're blood brothers, and then yeah, that they both yeah, so lay Malcolm's, in the grass. Malcolm's left behind, um, and he's the nice guy. Besides Frank, like Frank should have lived, but listen, these things don't happen. Malcolm's kind of the last nice-ish guy remaining. Um, the blood from Thomas's arm is feeding the earth, so the flowers grow around him, um, and Thomas is becoming one with the earth. So like branches are like going into his face and stuff so he's like becoming the lady and then i just wrote truly cursed <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my last, last note you said i think it's yeah. a very nice ending i think that's uh, actually yeah, you know, for all the things that are on kind of not explained in this film i i do kind of get the cycle thing and i think it's a nice way to end this you know so mm-hmm. you know this terrible bunch of stuff that happened in this film with kind of a you know blood comes into the earth and creates something new kind of thing it's mm-hmm. kind of silly, but I like it. The The main thing I want to know is how, why him? Like she calls, she says my son. So like, I don't, and I will never know, but I like, why, I don't understand. Well, that's kind of the supernatural or like religious or spiritual element of this film, I guess, of like. Did they both like heroin or something? I don't know. Oh, like him being like Jesus or whatever the fuck, you know. That whole mm. Christ thing of him coming to a place oh, and true. being the savior and, and things like that. Um, mm. Burning crosses, you know, fucking every film is about Jesus Christ. You've, you've, you've done film studies, you know That's that. True. No, every film is about penises. Uh, what's it's all across, about phallus. What, what's a cross but not two penises put together? Exactly. All right, so that was Apostle. Good times. Uh, mm. good good it's time. Great. Good fine film. That's a good one. Lots of killing, yeah. lots of blood. Uh, yeah, had a good time. And and Abby, I have a question for you. Yes, Mache. In the film Apostle, who do you mm-hmm. want to fuck, honk, and kill? Fuck, honk, and kill. Or in <laughs> other words, uh, who do you want to fringe minge and the cock? You said honk. I know. But then you said I went fuck on, honk and kill. And, and then, then I went it's right Fanny Mingecock. What did I say? You said fringe minge. <laughs> you said fringe minge. Fringe <laughs> that, that rolls off the tongue even easier. Fringe minge and cock. There we go. Um, it's even better. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm gonna, what I'm going to actually do is I think that we should rename the podcast. I think we should keep it as fuck honk kill. Oh, okay. Are you really, are you really, do you really like fringe minge cock? I don't like it. Can it we just stick me, with fuck makes on me kill? Laugh. Um well okay, just just for the sake of continuity of this episode I'm going to say yes. Okay, <laughs> so thank that you. We have a story. <laughs> um so I would so this is so for my fuck. This is the joke I wrote down um a while ago. Um <laughs> Frank could infiltrate my basement. Oh, Jesus. You're into Frank. Yeah. Frank. Sexy boy. All right. I find him very attractive. He's a responsible um, father. He's kind of the nice guy. Yeah. Watch the street. He's a nice man. Um, and he's also very attractive. Um, I also think he might be Scottish, which is like bonus points. I can't remember his accent, but I'm pretty confident it was Scottish. Um, haunt. I'm 100% going to haunt Quinn. He is the scum of the earth. Okay. Terrible man. Um, I think that is pretty, um, pretty, goes without saying. 
And then kill is a bit more tricky. I'm trying to remember all the characters. Kill. There's a lot of characters. Lots to choose from. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kill Thomas's dad. Oh, good one. So I'm going to kill Thomas's dad, Thomas and Jennifer's dad, give the money to the cult, and just oh. save my children. Stop the film from Who's happening. Your... Oh, okay. Who's your children? What? Thomas and Jennifer. Oh, they're your children at that. I'm going to, yeah, well, because that's what happens when you murder someone, you absorb their children, become your children. <laughs> oh, makes sense. Sorry, yeah. Well, that's that's how Angelina Jolie has so many kids. Oh, she killed... She's a... Um, Bunch of dudes She's a serial killer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, good to know. Yeah, exactly. Stay away. Uh, yeah, from Angelina Jolie. I was doing that anyway. She'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, Mache. Yeah. Mache. That's me. That's me. Hi. The, so... Remember, so remember when we watched Apostle and we talked about it on our podcast? I do remember that. I think that might still be happening, although I'm not sure. Maybe this is all just a very bad dream. It's a fever dream. But I have a question in reference to it. Okay. The film, that is. Not the podcast episode. Um, The film Apostle. Yes. Fuck on kill. Fuck on kill. Okay. Ah, Jesus. You know what? I was was prepared for... uh... For Fanny McCock, <laughs> but okay, I'll do I'll I'll do yes. fuck on kill for you. Uh okay. Uh Thank I'm you. gonna fuck uh I'm gonna fuck Jerry Seinfeld. Um I'm gonna fuck Jerry Seinfeld because uh he's the only person in the film that I'm not sh- that I'm sure will not look at me when I come. Uh <laughs> then I'm gonna haunt a good do, reason do you like that bit <laughs> yeah. that's great uh i'm gonna haunt uh i'm gonna haunt uh theon because uh she haunt? like i really like i don't know i feel like she needs a companion that's gonna help her in her pregnancy times because she's having a really hard <laughs> time and like i don't know if she knows what's happening so i'm gonna be like you know casper the friendly ghost and i'm gonna be like <gasps> uh you know, just popping in every once in a while with like a fun tip about pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> you just drop by, give her some folic acid. Yeah. Like, don't forget your vitamins. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, that's nice. That's pretty much it. Drop in a book or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, that's it. I don't know if she can read. Maybe. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. So that's Probably one not. haunting. Uh, and I'm going to kill... Um, yeah, I'm gonna kill the guy who uh, who dropped the lamb in the ocean. Cause fuck that guy. Mm, he deserves it. Yeah, like, come on, dude. You know, that's a bit much, isn't it? That's a little baby lamb. Yeah, they could have done with that lamb. Uh, probably killed it when they got to the island. <laughs> <laughs> probably would Very kill true. it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> hey. Well, yeah, I'm still gonna kill the boy. Yeah, listen, he deserves it. I need to kill somebody. <laughs> That's the name of the game. 
Wow, we just finished talking about that apostle. That's crazy. So, yeah. Mache, now that we've covered all that, um, what film are we going to talk about next week? Oh, we're going to watch uh, Coraline. Thanks for asking. I've never seen that film. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, tune in next week when we talk about it and you can find out more. Maybe we'll have watched it by then. Yeah. It's, it's an animation film. It's going to be nice and relaxing. It's for kids. Mm. Watch it with your kid. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah, watch it with your children. Yeah. And then listen to the podcast with your children. I'm sure it's going yeah. to be family friendly. Just like Just all say, of kids, come on in. We're going to listen to Fuck Can't Kill together. Guys, Come it's on. time for ma- for Fanny Minch Talk. <laughs> A family fun activity brought to you by Abby and Machi. <laughs> I don't know. Bye. All right, guys, take it easy. Uh, take care of yourselves. Um, Wash your hands. We have an Instagram page, FHK Podcast. Go follow us. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Stay away. Subscribe to this. Be mindful. Um, um, yeah. Tell your loved ones that you love them. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Bye. Tell me that you love me, please. I need it. Um, message Mache on Hinge. Message me on Hinge. Yeah. Send us your experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bye. Okay, bye, everybody. Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. Editor, put the music in. Turn it up a little bit. Yeah, there we go.